Torres. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to a Berkham Under Underland, Wonderland, and also for a fucking hell, you can see where this is going to go now, isn't it? Oh, we just lost our money, Danny, because I swore in the first five seconds. I don't, we don't oh, manage anymore. Yeah, you say that now. Oh. Anyway, welcome to a Berkham Wonderland and Arsenal podcast. Uh, we are here to talk about all things Arsenal, and I'll tell you what, Danny, mm. if you was to go to www. Dot. No, Danny, not that website. No, no, not that one. I've got that one. Um, com, and look at the table. You won't have to look far to see where Arsenal are. Where are they? Well, Danny, if you go to it and then mm. share the screen with the lovely people on Twitter, um, YouTube, you will see we are not far. So if you start from number one, Yep. I have a feeling you won't have to move your neck very far. Oh, look, Danny. We are at the top of the table and we are clear, I repeat, clear of many, many teams. Because it's lonely at the top. And sometimes, Danny, when you're alone at the top, it's a bit lonely. You know, like you on a Friday night, and that's where you go to the other special website that you go to. Um, yeah, it's uh, lonely at the top, but Danny, we're going to enjoy it just like when you go to your other websites and uh, just be there. That's all we can do. Exactly. And on that note, yes, just in case you didn't know, Danny, you're here. Well, I have to be, otherwise you'd be talking to uh, an empty screen and no one would be watching. But, uh, <laughs> this is true, yeah. but it's not like I haven't done that before. Now, you're right. not the one who lets us down. Do you want to go for a roll call of who isn't here and what bullshit excuses they've given So. I will. So I went to our WhatsApp and it made me laugh. And I got, did you say, the, I think, I see that you didn't defend me, Danny, when I got all that abuse back. But it's all right. I, I'm going to remember been this. setting the show up and listening to a tribe called Quest's first album. Yeah, so no worries. So as you know, everyone, Danny on our WhatsApp group, he messages us and no one replies. He has a hissy fit and then I reply and they're like, oh yeah, Danny, I'm available tonight. Like that's how you <laughs> normally go. So it's fine. I'm just busy during the day and I don't look at my phone. So, Remember at the start of the season, Chris Carpenter said, I'll do every show, I'll do it, I'm going to take charge. Yes, yeah, that, that is uncanny, to be fair. It, it does what, that's what he said. That's what he are because he's a pirate. So, uh, <laughs> so, Chris is Chris, and we love him as much as we do. He's busy running and he's looking all trimmed, showing off his legs and stuff like that. So, we start with the dickhead that is Ellis. I can't do that oh, because... Silly is at a class, so I'll be in bed um, during that, that time. Okay. Uh, Josh, uh, no, Chris, tonight, I can't tonight, I'm at the cinema watching Barbie, everyone, because that's what Chris does. He watches, wants to watch the Barbie movie. Um, Josh replied, uh, You know where I'll be. I don't know where Josh will be. Brighton. Um, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes. And then Danny had a hissy fit and said, Fuck the lot then. 
because that's what Danny does. That had a hissy fit. Um, Cash said, training tonight. Sorry, mate. Um, that's allowable. Uh, Femi, I will only know closer to the time as I have to take the children gymnastics tonight. Really, that's code for I have to count my bars of gold in case yeah. the help has st- stolen it. So that's what Femi's really doing. And then as normal, I save the day and say I can do it. And also, not just me, people, not just me save the day. Jock's here as well. I know. Blow me down. Oh. How are you? My, it's, it's my annual appearance, isn't it? Well, put it this way, you've already done more appearances than Ellis has done in the last three seasons. Oh, uh, you know what? I like to defend Ellis. Uh, he's one he's one of my favourites, but that's, sh- that's shocking. It's not good enough. I'm just putting it out there. Like, There's a reason why the NHS is in such a state. Yeah. It's solely him. It's Ellis. Ellis is the sole reason why the NHS is in the state that it is. Not the underfunding, not the lack of look at, nurses. Look at that face, Carl. It's, it's Ellis. He's the reason why the NHS is okay. where it is. So I was, I was using the NHS yesterday. I went to Addenbrooke's broken shithole. Bodies everywhere. It's because of Ellis. <laughs> like just literally just not turning up. Some days he decides to turn up to work. Some days he doesn't just because it's Ellis. But literally. First thing I thought when I went there and I saw the absolute mess, I thought, I bet that twat Ellis Mel has, has started working here. Apparently, yes. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well... Talking of working, Danny, do you know what was working really, really well? Um, uh, the football. Yes, and we will. We're just going to like really speed through some of these games because they happened so long ago. So we're going to talk about Lance first of all, quickly. Six 0 win over Lance. I saw a tweet from the League One, so the Uber Eats League One, saying, um, "Ha ha ha, French." Uh, farmers have arrived and this was when Lance beat us 2-1 as you can imagine you don't do something like that like it's very very stupid the abuse that they got back um Jock we're just going to quickly go over it 6-0 win at home in the Champions League no matter who you're playing when you beat a team 6-0 in the Champions League that's a really good result yeah, it's a st- it's a statement win, isn't it? And like you said, I mean, we lost two one uh, over there, and they were stupid enough to galvanise us with their galling tweets. It's just like when Tony did it when Brentford beat us in their inaugural season in the Premier League, and you know, um, just to kick about with the lads, and then we showed mm. it the season after, and we trounced them. Uh, it's just, it's the same thing. You put that up on the on the board, and you don't really have to do a team talk, do you? Um, it was it was absolutely the first half was the most comprehensive half I've seen from us in quite some time, um, and it was again it was a good mixture of scorers. It was spread throughout the team. We're not relying on one player. Like I mean, we'll probably get onto it later on. But everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, we need a striker. We need a striker." But I think if we have a focal point, a number nine that is you know twenty twenty five goals, of course it'll benefit us in some ways, but it'll also weaken us. I think because having a focal point as a number nine will take the onus away from, you know, the likes of Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli. They'll turn into providers and it'll make us a little bit more one-dimensional. At the moment, you cut Saka off, you've got Martinelli on the other flank, you've got Odegaard pulling the strings, you've got Jesus, who is just everywhere. I mean, everyone's like, oh yeah, he doesn't score enough goals, but who gives a flying fuck if if he does what he does, if he keeps doing that? Um, It was beautiful to see. It was harmony in the first half. And the second half, we inevitably switched off because it was job done, wasn't it? 
I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, Danny, we had we were four new up in like 28 minutes, I believe, or something like that. And the, what I liked about this game is that there were four different goal scorers in that time. I mean, we scored six goals and we had six different goal scorers. I mean, isn't it great, Danny, that the whole team can get involved like when scoring? It is. That is one of the things I was going to bring up. I've got this lovely little uh, thing that I've stolen off of the off of the Twitters, but I don't care. It is. Um, so it's the number of goals. Uh, I don't think it showed it actually. It just the last eleven it. Premier League goals. That's it. That's the one. Mm. I thought I had a, a picture for it, but I don't. Yeah. So the last six Champions League goals, all with six different scorers, and then we are Premier League goals. Eleven goals, eleven different scorers. That's. I mean, I said this a few times over the last. 12, 10 years, 11 years of doing this. Remember in the days when we used to have uh, Ian Wright at the club, by far the best player, and if Ian Wright weren't playing, you went, oh, we ain't scoring goals. <laughs> and that's why we expected when Haaland went to Man City that they would be in trouble because he's going to score you 100 goals a season. If he doesn't score, nobody else's. Unfortunately, that didn't turn out to be true. But usually in most teams in, in, in world football, if you've got a goal scorer that's getting you 30 goals a season, you're going to get hardly any goals from anywhere else. And I think that was part of the Wenger genius. He had everybody on the pitch scoring goals, famously oh. Tony Adams, Everton, 4-0, May 1998. Um, showed that what other what other players can do. I mean, not many. You're not going to get Gabriel running the length of the pitch with the ball and then a, a smacking it with his left foot in the bottom left hand corner, are you? But the point is, we've got goals coming from everywhere, and they all love it and they're all up for it. But also, Carl, we've got players defending. We saw, I think it was against um, the Wolves game, Martinelli mm. down the left hand side. It was at it sounded like a song, doesn't it? Um, uh, is uh, Track when when Zinchenko did his, his usual fuck up, he covered him and then went back, got the ball, got the ball and ran off with it again. And I thought that's the kind of two man covering you need. And likewise, yesterday we saw that Ben White and because we, we've said for ages that Saka has too many on him all season. What can we do about it? Arteta's gone. Here, what we're going to do? Ben White, off you go, son. And now we've got two players on that wing. And unless they're going to stick four on that wing, I think we've broke the system. Well, we we haven't. Arteta has. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I mean, when you see, like you were saying, um, if you go down the left hand side, you've got Muslin, you go down the right hand side, you've got Saka. And you have to, when you're defending against that, you have to decide where you're going to go. And also, you have to remember, you have to pick up like Jesus as well. And the fact that, you know, one minute he's a false nine, one minute he's a centre forward, as a defender, that must be a nightmare to defend because you just don't know where to go. You don't know how you're gonna, who you're gonna pick up, and I think that's what bamboozles teams. I think you know, if you go man for man, we will drag you all over the place, and there's no way you're going to be able to handle us because we will take you all over the place. And especially if you've got someone like Ben White on the overlap, or Zinchenko, or whoever he is playing on the left hand side, on that overlap is really, really strong. Or if you follow us into midfield, you're just going to create spaces for all the wide men. You go out wide, you're going to have people like um, Declan Rice or Havertz running through the centre. So defending against us, it must be near enough impossible. And, and you know, as a team, I think Lance, I think I said it sort of um, in the group and I think I said it on Twitter as well. This is why teams don't attack us. Because if you attack us, we will absolutely annihilate you. So that's why teams play a low block against us because they know that, if you leave our space in behind or in the middle of the park or wide, we're just going to destroy you. So I can understand why teams, and I think that was almost not just a warning in the Champions League, but definitely a warning sort of in the league as well, because that just shows that 
you come for us, we're, we're definitely going to come uh, destroy you. And I think it was almost reflected in the Wolves game. So, you know, we scored six in the Lance game and it was a brilliant standout result. And then you go to the Wolves game and, you know, the first, what well, we scored two goals in 13 minutes, it was, you know, absolutely brilliant. And I think then Wolves kind of said, okay, we tried to go gun ho or toe-to-toe with Arsenal. We can't do that because we're getting destroyed. So then they started to kind of, I think it's a mixture of both. I think they started to defend a little bit more and not come out so much. And I think a touch of the last seasons came about us because remember last season, so many games we go 2 0 up against, and we would just oh. stop playing. It would just stop playing. I remember we did it against West Ham. I remember we did it against Liverpool. It just, it's almost like a mental block where go to know what we're cruising and the team just thinks, oh, okay, we're winning now. It's fine. We can straight the ball about and not go too gun ho. And it's kind of like, yeah. well, that's wrong. Um, Jock, I don't know if you um, saw any yeah. highlights well, of the game, but did you, did you think the same thing kind of a touch of the last seasons about it? Last season, you, you hit the nail on the head for last season. Like we, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was quite ticking our foot off the gas, but we were playing with such intensity and, you know, playing as a team unit, but it gave us that extra 5% that enabled us to get those last minute victories against uh, Aston Villa and Bournemouth at Man United. And when we went to and up with early goals or like in the first half and we had like half an hour to play or whatever, we would not play with, we'd drop that 5%, which would make us gettable. We, we'd be put us on a par with other teams, so then it was an even keel. So then that we would let them back into it. But against Wolves, we hit the bar, uh, hit the post with Inketia. Um Martinelli hit the. Oh, sorry, Martinelli hit the post first. Uh, we had three or four gilt edge chances. I think it was more profligacy than us taking our foot off the gas because we were. Uh, Odegaard was interviewed after the game and he said, you know, we, sh- we should have put the game to bed, but it wasn't the case of us taking it easy. We were creating chances still. We just didn't put them away. You know, Jose Sarr pulled off uh, a couple of fingertip saves. So I don't think we, it was the same as last season. And that's re- that's really encouraging considering we've got injuries in defence and whatnot. I've, I'm trying to take any positive we can get because it's going to be really grueling over December now. So, and the fact we're looking I think we're looking better. Yeah, it's not as fluent. Everyone keeps hinting about how we're, you know, we're not um, uh, as fluent and uh, and the movement isn't as fluid as last season. But we're way more resolute. Uh, we we we've, we look way more up for it consistently on every single game. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's quite. I'd say we're improved over last season. I think we've learned a few lessons, which is really good. I mean, the good thing is, is that. I think we're seeing out games a lot more often. I mean, we'll come into tomorrow, yesterday's game. Um, but um, Danny, I mean, you know, it was really good, the Wolves game. We, we played well. But there's always that, I always call it a brain fart moment. And I think Zinchenko had it where, you know, you're comfortable and you get the ball. And I think, is, is it a case of overplaying or keeping too much control? Because any other defender would have got the ball and just booted it at the other end of the pitch. But I think... If you look at the goal again, I'll remind you of it. Sinchenko got the ball, but I think he wanted to keep so much control over it, he decided to try and pass it rather than just hoof it up the pitch. And I understand, you know, Arteta wants to control the ball. He wants to keep holding the ball because you don't have the ball. If you give the ball away, then it starts another attack. But when you're in your box or you're that close to your goal, surely the best thing to do is just to get rid of it. And Zinchenko, as good as he is, and I've put out a tweet on the... Um, on the 
on the pod pod um yeah pod twitter and i said like whatever zinchenko is good at defending is not one of the things that he's good at because he just can't defend and i understand that you know playing about left back is probably just a way of getting him into the squad you know his position is not left back because he plays everywhere Cent- on the pitch. Centimetre, he plays yeah. centimetre, he plays mm-hmm. on, on the wing he plays everywhere but are we sacrificing a little bit of defensive disability in playing Zinchenko in the squad? Yeah, which is why we bought Timber. Because then Timber will be up and down that wing like a bloody whippet when he gets back. It's going to be the end towards the end of the season, which is an absolute shame because oh. that was a key part of the jigsaw for the starting eleven. Uh, and then luckily Tommy came in and Tommy was brilliant and now he's injured again with yet another calf strain and he's going to be out now until after the, the, the Christmas run of games and then uh, we got rid of Tierney who I personally love and I know Jock loves and it's uh, Me too. <laughs> it's it's a crime against football that that man who was our best player who we were all going my god look at that man for two seasons and Arteta's gone no can't understand a word you're saying go and put some trousers on and fuck off the pain <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is it's, it is worrying because he played the DM for Ukraine as we all know and I think that his natural um, instincts are to, to get the ball and go forward with it but when he does that we've got a massive hole at left back and we've got a giant hole at right back because they all go uh, the little one said roll over and they all shuffle over to the left and then you have to go well Saka's now going to have to track back at right back when he's done that and he made three mistakes the Martinelli one which you talked about earlier and the clearance one which you, which you mentioned and then, and then uh, it was his fault for the goal well, that, that was his fault for the goal um, and uh, there was another one that he made as well and, and he only came on as a sub didn't he? It's not like No he no he, No he started the game he started against um, Wolves yes, he didn't he? Start it, yeah but um, See, I mean I think Defensively, yeah, you're right. I think he can put in a tackle, right? He can mark, but he cannot stay in position for love nor money, especially during a transition. It reminds me of song, uh, which which then makes us lopsided. And exactly yeah. what you said that you know it, it, everyone shifts over to to compensate for him. So I I understand he does make us weak, but he does add a lot as well. I mean. He, there's a reason why Arteta wanted him so badly. He does link up play really well. He's got the boundless energy. He's great in the attacking third as well. Um, he just needs to learn how to stay in position sometimes um, and be a bit more diligent. Um, but, but I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing he can't do apart from that, which is <laughs> which is not good. So it's just yeah it's just a defensive I mean like you said what he lacks in defence he more than makes up for one in enthusiasm and overloading in the midfield because yeah. you either go with him if you're smart or if you want to live dangerously what you do you have a winger and you say to that winger stay wide but then the problem is if you set that winger stay wide we're just going to overload you in midfield so then you, you, you're looking at the balance where you're thinking to yourself okay do I sacrifice um my overload in midfield or do I keep my attacking winger wide and just let him run because it then becomes if we overload your midfield and we're just as Arsenal are we're just good at passing and we'll just uh, out pass you and then score and then you're if you're blaming your winger for not tracking back because you're going to leave Martinelli alone if you leave Martinelli uh, one-on-one against your left right back don't care who the right back is, he's mm. going to destroy you. Especially when you're doubling up against uh, Zinchenko as well, and they play those intricate passes. Then you know it's um, it's, it's, think, it's brilliant. 
I think one thing needs to be said as well. Um, credit to Wolves, actually. They're actually a really underrated side. I've seen them give problems. We've all seen them give problems to the top the top sides. Um, they're really well drilled. Uh, Gary Gary O'Neill's got them playing for for him uh, under a, you know a unified tactic. They're they're hard to break down, but they're not just like dogged and you know f- ten men behind the ball. They've they they're a lot more than that. I mean, Matthias Cunha, Huang He Chan, they're they're actually really good players. And um, uh, Pedro Neto is still injured. Is that right? I mean, th- there was a there was a point where when he was in the side, he was. When he played against Liverpool, I think it was. I mean, he ran him ragged, and everyone was like, "Please, let's everyone. We have to sign him." Wolves are actually a really good side, and they they clawed the way into the game. Yeah, we took our foot off the gas a wee bit, but you know, credit to Wolves a wee bit. Um, they've given sides that are worse than us, and uh, including Man City, who are better than us in in many ways, um, an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I agree. I think Wolves are not. A bad side, and they've had some really... I mean, we've had some decisions go against us, but they've really had some decisions go against them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've got more calls to complain than we have. Um, talking about calls to complain, I'm going to talk about the looting game. So it was a absolutely <laughs> a topsy-turvy game. I mean, if you're wearing a heart monitor, I'm telling you now, um, your heart monitor would have begun uh, 10 to the dozen. So... Uh, quickly come to you Danny so Danny like <clears throat> we go uh one new up Martin Lenny um brilliant play uh for Saka like literally you know really quick thinking pressure from Gabriel sorry pressure from Jesus uh throwing is taken quickly uh Saka squares it to Gabriel and scores now at that point you're thinking Hmm, you know, it's it's uh, it's looking good for us. Like, you know, you go away to that ground, the ground is really tiny, it's remote, it's compact, and you think to yourself, okay, cool, like we're gonna win. And then we concede from a set piece. Danny, we're meant to be really good at set pieces, you know. The mm-hmm. set piece coach makes himself very, very known. Every time we have a set piece, he comes out on a touchline. <sighs> Are you disappointed? Not just one that we conceded at two set pieces in that game. Yes, because that's what we're famous for. That's what we lead the stats for in the Premier League. We're, we're the ones who do that. Far post header. Um, it's going to be one of the big boys, one of the defenders, maybe even Kai now that he's on a goal-scoring thing. But then for that to happen once against a shit team, a horrible team like them, who had spent the first hour kicking and shoving and pulling yeah. and cheating because they're, they're, they're a bunch. I mean, their bloke in midfield, number 17, he was with them in the conference. He's the first player ever to go from the conference to the Premier League with the same team. I mean, that is some feat. But how can you have a conference player playing in, in your central midfield? The, the only thing he must be there for, he must be like, um, who did it for us? Um, Flamini and uh, players like that that would just go, just go out there and, and, and let people know you're there. Give them a kick, grab hold of them, mess them up. And they were doing the rotating fouling thing on it. And then we saw it later on in the game that Jay Seuss got one for pulling a shirt. You're thinking... Have you not seen the rest of the stuff in the game? Some of our players will, will have to go and go and have leeches put on them to get rid of the, the some of the wounds that they've got. But it's so annoying, and you can see that. I mean, Arteta won't have that. I mean, Saka's already said he watches the games back on his own to see what he can do 
to um, to stop what's happened before. Where he was angry and he was up for it and he was going for every single ball. And I think sometimes he's a little bit lazy with stuff and he drifts too far wide or too far deep. And he had the bit between his teeth last night and he was furious and he must have been more angry that we kept letting they go right with this one nil one one two two one two two and then when it was three two they must have been gone right what the hell is going on here we know what was going on and we're probably going to talk about him later in the show for, but for that's us a good to, segue yeah, yeah so uh it's annoying Carl. yeah i just think a team like Luton, they know they're never going to outplay us in football. I don't care. I think I saw a, uh, an interview with their manager afterwards and he was saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to have a go. You're not going to have a go at Arsenal. I don't care who you are. You're not going to have a go at Arsenal because we will annihilate you. And you can tell what that team talk was. Like, it was back Stoke days, back in... Yep. Uh, Sean Dyche, Burnley days. Yeah, Burnley like days. Looking, Sam Adadice, Bolton mm. days. Stick your foot in, go on, get here, let them know you're here. You know, that you can tell that's what the team talk was. Let them know that you're there, you know, leave a foot in, let them know like where they are. Like, you just know that's what it was. And it's just like those days are done. The, the, my, my problem is we're meant to be getting eradicating that sort of football, and it doesn't help. And I put a tweet out as well, and I said, Who is this referee? I've never, I kind of know all the referees, I've never seen that referee ever. So, like, what I don't understand is he was just letting everything go. And the moment, and I know every team can say this, but every as soon as we had a foul, that was it straight away. He was blowing up. And you're like, I, I mean, I, I've totally, totally given up with VAR. And I genuinely mean I've totally given up with it because Arsenal were not ever going to get any help from VAR ever. Unless we're doing it, um, Carl, then they're all over us. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> we're not going to get any help from VAR at all ever. And I think that, some of the decisions, I mean, I'm going to talk about the goal for the second goal. So, you know, Gabriel, a brilliant run by uh, Ben White um, down the wing and he done a brilliant cross and it's a brilliant header from Gabriel Jesus and, you know, he brings it back to um, 2-2 and I think um, it's uh, just, you know, just it's a, it's a lovely centre-forward goal, I think. It's one of those old... You know, back in the day where a winger would run down the wing, cross it, and centre forward diving header or just a header in, and that's what you want to see. You want to see your centre forward get goals because. Um, sorry, I lied. I said two two. That's his second two one. Yeah, two one. second Premier League goal of the season. That's, that's and that's I know we'll talk about I want to talk about that later but oh. yeah and then like we go in at half time 2-1 up and then literally as soon as the second half starts what three minutes later we concede we get a uh, concede a corner and then we concede again by a set piece and you're kind of like uh, we're going to talk about David Rea um, later but I will touch on him if you come out that far to claim a ball you get that ball and if you don't get that ball, you take every motherfucker out um, with you. Like if you don't get that ball, and I'm sorry, you have to. <laughs> Not often and you hear that on the podcast, Carl. It's nice of you to no, dropping in right, the C bombs as well. No, 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 no. Not that. I'm not. I'm not Chris Kirk. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but that is. I'm sorry. You have to take everyone out with you. Everyone, you have to. And it annoyed me. But I'm, we're going to touch on Rare later. Um, we'll talk about his what his performances, and then. Of all people, Ross Barkley, who must be about 56 years old, um, runs down our right-hand side, their left, cuts in, and then has one of the most tamest shots ever. Now, 
Danny, you in a wheelchair, I'm I think you could fall out of your wheelchair faster than David Rare went down and still saved that. And after that, after that went in, I, I suppose just like Jock and just like me, like and everyone, I'm apoplectic. I was like, what the fuck? You know when you can't believe what you're seeing, Jock. I don't know if you were the same. Like, you know when you have this, you have to wait for the replay because you cannot believe what you just saw. Like, was you the same as me? It's like you know when you drive past a car accident and everyone slows down the rubbernecking. You have to watch it again. You know it's going to damage you, and you know it's going to send you fucking aflame. But you have to watch it again, and then you have to watch it again, and then you realise. How the fuck did that squeeze under you? How? It's like, you remember that meme of uh, the guys, the, uh, our dad's watching his kid play football and he's in goal and he's like five years old and he's not paying any attention. The ball comes hurtling towards the goal and he pushes his kid over to save it. <laughs> that kid could save that fucking shot. But it's, did you know we we also lead something in the Premier League? Right? Obviously, we, we lead in terms of least goals conceded from set plays, uh, defence. Well, maybe not now because we conceded three yesterday, but we also lead <laughs> from mistakes leading to goals. Five. We have made five clear-cut errors that have led to uh, us conceding more than any other side by a country mile, um, and so. That doesn't take away from our defensive solidarity. Uh, you know, we're better in defence now. But if you're making clear-cut errors, there's only so much Saliba and Gabriel and Ben White can do if they're making errors like that. I mean, I'm not. Every goalkeeper we've had, our best from Layman to Seaman to you know um, Jennings to Wilson, they have all made horror shows. And we all know that when a goalkeeper makes an error, it's put in a massive focus because that's what they're there to do they have one job and when they don't do it it looks well worse than when a a defender misses a tackle or a clearance or whatever but it's it's so bad like i personally think that the first goal he conceded when he came out for the corner was worse than the shot that he conceded because you know you, you can understand the ball squirming underneath you. Yeah, there's no excuse he should have saved it. But the way he came out for that corner, it's just on the limit of his six-yard box when he came out for it. He didn't even come out that far, but he's commanded it. He shouted for it, and it's not at a height that should have been problematic. The guy wasn't like barging him over. He he just has to catch it, but he gets he gets beaten to it. And that's bad reading of the flight of the ball. And that's quite worrying because if right, Rambo may not be as good distribution wise, but he can claim a ball in the fucking air. He really can. So he loves a punch. And this oh, is what I was saying. God. Like, if you're gonna if you're not gonna get the ball, you've got to take people out. And I think that's what I think that's what you got to do because where where I, I, I literally want to touch on Rare later. I do want to just cover that. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We're going to, no, no, definitely going to, we're definitely going to think, I just want to touch on the looting game. But um, I think where Rare, I mean, he's, as a goalkeeper, you expect your goalkeeper to be tall, a commanding figure. Um, I think David Espino was what? I think David Espino was maybe about 5'10". Five, 5'2". Five he's the same height as Jock. <laughs> I'm 5'4 and a half. Thank you. That's when you're standing on on, um, uh, Ramos, Ramirez, uh, Raul Stokes. You expect your goalkeeper to to be like your big commander figure, to be able to jump, look, you know, dangly arms. And David Rea doesn't have a commanding presence in the box. He doesn't have Yes, you're so right. He doesn't have, you know, when like, 
someone like Schmeichel or someone like David Oliver Kahn. Yeah, like they would like command their area. They would. I think you could tell he gets bullied. Like if if one of those keepers you just mentioned would, was coming for the ball, opposing attackers would be mindful of their presence because they know they're going to get fucking clattered. Ramsdale has that because he is a shit house. He he will he'll he'll make his presence felt. He's physically he's got a mouth on him. He he's physically robust. Raya is physically robust, but he's he's too calm. I, don't get me wrong, David Seaman was very calm and he made a career out of it and he made a very good fucking career out of it. But I think that's one thing lacking from Rhea is that he, he he doesn't make his presence felt in the box. Exactly what you just said. That's a very, very good point. I just I feel like teams are not scared. Like now people will watch that game, the looting game, and they'll teams will now say, have a pop. Because yeah. he's clearly like he's shot stopping won't be the best. So if you like just have a pop at him to see what test him as well, and they'll see that thing. Oh, okay, maybe it happened because it wasn't it's a, it wasn't a wet night. It wasn't raining in Newton. No. The ground weren't overly wet. So like you said, there's no excuse for that to that to slip underneath yeah. him, and it's just it it was annoying. It was it was really annoying. But then Hazard um, Hazard. That whoscored.com cheeky fuckers tweeted the 4.1 that he got from that was the lowest um, score we've given ever anyone um, this season. Oh, really? Yeah, I've seen some shit performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a 4.1 performance. That's a bit harsh. Jesus, yeah, obviously, Spurs fans running that. (laughs) That's yeah, that's ridiculous. (laughs) I've seen. You've Onana really like he's got oh, more than that. No, that's, that's stupid. Sorry, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not having that. I've seen some terrible performances. So, oh, no yeah. Sheffield United player has got Sheffield United been pumped how many times? But, and, and by Burnley, who, who have been equally shit. We pumped them five, Burnley pumped them five, and you're trying to tell me that they haven't got a four point one. That's bullshit. Sorry, that it really yeah, is. Yeah. Um. Have our Kai Havertz, he scored. Again, we're going to talk about him later. But, um, Danny, when that Kai Havertz goal went in, was you then thinking, when we watched a 3-3, was you in the ascendancy and thinking, oh, actually, we just might do it? Yes, because uh, I tweeted before the game, I was just playing football manager, I'm in Division 19, and I just smashed a team 7-2. And so I said, oh, uh, Arsenal to beat Luton 7-0, and uh, Kai is going to get two, and Saka is going to get six assists. Didn't quite work out like that. But that, that photo there is a slightly misleading, isn't it, Jocks? It's, it's not quite that good. But I've, no. I've done this, where uh, I think... The Arsenal team have been watching uh, um, the Karate Kid, the original <laughs> film, because some of the things, some of the ways that we're scoring, it, it does give you. A, is, is Mr. Miyagi part of the pit crew? That's what we need to know. It's live. It's flexible. It's acrobatic. I, I, I agree. That, I mean, that Zinchenko volley was fucking mint. And you're Beautiful. right. That 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 picture does. It, it, it does it too much justice that Havertz finished, but the main point of his goal was that he was in the right place and hit that instinct is back for him because it, it was a millisecond between him and Kaminsky coming out and now, snatching the ball. Yeah, it, he, he's he's definitely got. Uh, 
I the last I wrote a blog for about two months. The last one I wrote was defending Kai Havertz signing. Um, it was like three games into the season, um, and I came out and said, "Just give the guy time. How can you judge a player on three games? You can't say he's a waste of money. Yes, it's a lot. It's a lot of outlay, but th- he's been picked up for a reason by both Chelsea and uh, and us." He was mint at Leverkusen. He keeps getting picked repeatedly by you know German coaches. Give the guy time. I mean, it's going to take a while to settle in. There's different personalities. He might need might need an arm around the shoulder. Might need to bond with some teammates before we start to see the best of him. But this is by far not the best of him, and he still scored three and three. So, will you watch him fly? He's going to be pivotal, guaranteed. I just want to say, Femi was dead against him. Femi, I think loaned Arsenal 60 million to buy Kai Havertz so he wants to see a return on his money so if Femi was uh, obviously Havertz out no but I'll be honest with you I was um, a bit, little bit the same I wanted to see I, I wanted returns and I understand it takes a little time for you know players to come in set into the squad of course it does no one hits the ground running instantly apart unless your name's Declan Rice but um, it was I'm glad to see he's now finding his feet and I think Confidence is a big thing amongst footballers. If you're when he played for Chelsea, he was in a shit team, you know, he wasn't playing well. Um, so I can understand why he was kind of uh the the way he is, but obviously he's come to a club and he's a little bit loved. And yeah, he any footballer reads social media, of course they've um they will see, you know, what play um fans are saying against him, of course they will. However, when you've got confidence and you're in a team and you can play well, and now he's got his goals from open play, I think that was a big thing. I think having that penalty, it was kind of, oh, yeah, you got a goal, yeah, well done, yeah. yeah. But when you, and he kind of knows it was given to him, but when you score goals from open play, I think that's a, a really big thing. And he's now got the confidence to run forward, to run beyond the line, you know, to, to break the, the, um, the moulds. I think I, I'm really happy that he's now flourishing. Like, you know, we want... Kai Havertz to score, you know, I think, I'll ask you, Jock, what do you, at the end of the season, let's just say season's finished, mm. what are good numbers for Kai Havertz? So what is a good goal scoring uh, and assist return? Do you think first season? See, did you see his numbers against Luton? How many tackles he put in? How many, how many interceptions he made? That's what I was looking at because he's got an engine on him and, and you know, they were, when, when he was signed, Arteta was hinting that he's we're signing him as a midfielder. We're not signing him as a striker. I know he can play number nine, and he you know he played that to to some effect for Chelsea. But his numbers in midfield and how industrious and busy the guy is, he's not like he's not la- he's far from lazy. So I looked at those numbers, and he was. Le- I mean, him and Rice were very very busy. Numbers wise, at the end of the season, if he doesn't get ten across all competitions, I'll be. I'd be disappointed. Um, Assists-wise, he's got enough intelligence to get more assists than he does goals, I think. Um, and I will say his greatest strength, I, I think, just humbly, is that his ability to ghost into the box, the, those late timed runs a la Freddie Jungberg, Pulse goals, those, you know, those type of players, that gives us an extra edge. It also means he's a bit of a luxury player because you can't quite play him in central midfield because he's not quite there yet for central midfield. You can't play him as a number nine because he's not got that killer instinct, but he does add 
quite a lot. He's a great super sub, um, and he's great for rotation. He's great for flexibility, but I think he needs to nail down a position. And at the moment, he looks quite comfortable on the midfield, the midfield three on the left, but uh, time will tell. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more than pleased to, and I'm. It's just a fickle fan base, and there's so many that just don't give players enough time to think. You got you got to smash it, and Declan Rice isn't doing it any bloody any. It, it, he's not doing him any favors at all because he's hit the ground running from day dot. So, I mean, there's that too. I mean, yeah, I think um, you, when you see how good Declan Rice has been, I think it's just it's just it's just marvelous. But Danny, I want to come to you. So, Danny, it's the ninety six minute and we are still 3-3 and at that time I know you were throwing your cat swinging it by its tail a tweet <laughs> so I was as I was I was so angry I was downstairs and I was in my living room and I was watching on TV and I was like do you know what? Like, I, I don't even want to. Do you know we just don't want to hear the final whistle because you don't want to. Like, hear, I don't want. To, I didn't want to hear the Luton fans cheering. I didn't want mm. to hear what the commentators had to say. Ali McCoy. So I didn't want to hear anything. I had and, Gary Breen on mine. What an absolute oof. dickhead he is. Gary Breen. What's a blast from the past? It's Jesus. Irish. Irish. Coventry TV. Wolves. Republic yeah. of Ireland. Right. Birmingham as well. I think. Oh, oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. So when um the ball when um. Odegaard got the ball the way he was shaping I was like why are you not going to shoot just have a pop shot just have a shot what could possibly go wrong someone get the read obviously so you know um and I saw Dear Mr Odegaard I'd like to reference you (laughs) yeah what the fuck were you doing Sam your best wishes Carl And when he crossed it, when he sort of just hit it forward into the the path of Declan Rice, and Declan Rice met it, brilliant header right into the bottom corner. Danny, did you stand up? Be very honest. I I I've complained many times that I no longer celebrate goals because they're only ever going to get damn taken off because the FAA hates us. Everybody hates us. But then I was thinking, looking back, that when we threw, when we, we, one of our, they had a throw in and one of our players kept hold of the ball. So the referee stopped the, stopped the time. Uh, Adit was pressing the stopwatch and the commentator said, why is the referee doing that when it's the Arsenal player not giving the ball back to the Luton player for the throw in? That entire thing took about 20 seconds. That 20 seconds in that part of the game. It was added on at the end, and that's what helped us score. And I don't usually celebrate. And I scream. I've got five cats. After that, after we scored that goal, I had one cat. The rest had run. <laughs> trying to get four fat cats through one skinny cat flap. It, uh, Pythagoras would struggle working that one out. I was screaming, go fucking yes, you fucking can't! And I started banging my fucking table, going bang bang, fucking yes, you can! Yeah, I very rarely celebrate. I was a bit happy, Carl. <laughs> yes, I was. That's it. I'm sure you was as well, Jock, or you was you the same. There's nothing, there's nothing like a last-minute winner. Referencing my blog once again, I wrote something last year because I went to the Bournemouth game um, and, you know, with Reese Nelson, 97th mm. minute. There, there, is, there is nothing like a last-minute winner. It doesn't matter if it, the game's a dead rubber. Obviously, it matters more if the game is, is monumental, but... To score in the last minute to get three points or to get through to the next round or whatever it is, 
that's what makes your football for that's what flows through your blood that, that's what you dream of and yeah I, Tim Stillman put out a really good tweet because uh, he's a parent yeah, as well and uh, he said I've ma- he said he's mastered the the art of the silent celebration when they when we scored in the 97th minute and he screamed silently <laughs> and jumped up but without making any fucking noise my kids were asleep as well and I was like yeah. oh, he's got my, a little girl hasn't he yeah and my yeah. wife was sitting next to me and she was like the fuck are you doing? Because I was following, <laughs> I was following it on my phone, and she's like, "What, what are you doing?" I was, ki- I was kissing my fucking tattoo. You were watching like, it. You were... I... <sighs> the, <laughs> the, the was TV watching, was... was you watching Celebrity uh, in Jungles. My wife was watching, and therefore I had zero choice. I, I would. I was following a the BBC, BBC Sport, uh, BBC Radio, so. Absolutely shocking behaviour. And I hope the crowd were chanting, stick your league cup up your arse, stick your league cup up your arse. From Wembley to fucking, what is the name The name of their ground? Stick your league Kenilworth. cup up your arse. Kenilworth Road, stick your league cup up your arse. You fuck, I hate them. hate them. I was at that league cup final. Ruined my fucking life. Old school fans still hold a Wankers. grudge. I was, I was watching some, I reading some tweets, and they still hold grudges against Luton. Oh um, fuck, do I? You see my <laughs> tweets? Fuck them. Hence the name of the podcast. Fuck off, Luton Town. I've had to get around the swear filter on that, but it was absolutely stunning, Carl. And I screamed like I haven't screamed in quite. Last time I screamed like that, a spider ran in the front door and hid underneath my desk. It, yeah, or his um, his his home help used a brillo pad instead of sponge for his bath. Oh. Big Bob has been known to do that once or twice. <laughs> Dirty boy, usually on the testy clay. You have to, you have to, you have to, like Jock said, there's nothing like a last minute winner because yeah. it just brings out everything because you just know there's not enough time for them to come back. There's nothing yeah. they can do, and I think that's the that's the best thing. Like and yeah, <laughs> once you've had a hard year, Cole, and going that. That was, was the re- that was the catalyst. I mean, we said that about the like um, Jock said about the Bournemouth. The Aston Villa yeah. game was a couple of weeks before that. Yeah, definitely. Jorginho was... and then Martinelli. Oh, game. Uh, I think, and those are the sort of games that you need. You need them ugly wins. You need, you know, those scrappy wins where you know draws turn into wins. Mm. Um, that's what you need, and I think that will galvanize the team. That's. The Aston Villa team talk there. Look what you did. You was away. You was two. You was three two down, and you came back to win four three. Like that's what you need. That showed to the togetherness of the team, and you know it was something that was brilliant. And I'm going to just touch on something quickly because I'm going to go in order. When you score a 96 minute goal, like you just said, we all celebrated, and as you do, as a coaching staff would as well, they would celebrate as well. I know. Can someone tell me why the Hell, Arteta celebrates, and it's not like he's the first man to celebrate, and then straight away he gets booked for over celebrating. I think that is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I know every team can say this, but there's no way there is not a vendetta against Arteta. There blatantly is, Jock. Like, there has to be that. Look how many times. All you have to look at, you are bang on with this because I was speaking to a Liverpool fan today about this. The evidence is in Jurgen Klopp when they score a hotly contested game. Jurgen Klopp races down that fucking touchline nearly every game. He gives it some to the fans. 
there's n- his celebrations are on a par, if not worse, than what Arteta did. How can you not celebrate a last-minute winner? He didn't do anything. He didn't antagonise the fans. He just raced down the touchline. Yeah, yes, it was out of his area. But how many managers go out of the area in a game when they when they score a winner? It happens all the fucking time, and yet you don't see this. And yet the, the charge was announced instantly. It's like they were... Well, we're waiting. We're waiting. What's he going to do next? You know, it a hundred percent. It builds. It fuels the fire for this mm. um, vendetta against Arteta. Because yes, Arteta is one of the most histrionic and passionate of managers. He's always at it, and he's got this <sighs> shit sticks. So when Richard Keys was talking about, you know, he was raising awareness of every time Arteta was passionate. It then stuck, and then you know the, the snowball started to grow and grow. And now every time he does anything that's remotely passionate, it's like yeah, he's off again. It, but it's bollocks. Someone said that they're trying to take the emotion out of the game, and I, at the time when I heard it, said I thought to myself, it's just some old school fans just thinking, oh, uh, you know, they want they want to go back to the good old days with no shin pads and kick lumps out of each other. But it's fucking true. How can you not celebrate a last minute winner? And how can you charge someone for doing so? Have a look at yourselves. That's that's fucking shocking. It's it's just ridiculous. Like, how, what did they what did they want Arteta to do? Like, just sit there and just sit in his hands and clap. Like, that's it. Yeah. And, and you hit the nail on the head when Klopp scores and he runs onto the pitch and does all these nonsense. Hello. Nothing happens to him. So, my issue was why it was almost like the referee was waiting to just do something. So. Now he's not going to be on the touchline for the Aston Villa game. I believe yeah. he's sort of uh sorry, he misses that game, so he's gonna be in the stands. Um RIP who's gonna be having the headpiece um because Jesus, he's not gonna <laughs> stop that whole game, is he like he's gonna have after that, mate? <laughs> he's gonna be in the stands like shouting down his earpiece. Um ridiculous. Yeah, yeah look at that. Deserby, like Nothing oh, happens. He's on, uh, on the pitch itself, and he didn't get booked. So, tell me how. So surely ha- you'd think that the, you know the club have already shown that they've got their back with Arteta when you know he, he came out with the comments against Newcastle and, and the club backed him, right? Why don't they? I mean, it's quite easy to show compilation. You've just shown in two minutes Robert, Roberto Deserbi doing something far worse. Right? Why don't they f- forward a compilation? And it's the purest evidence to say, look, there are managers who are doing far worse than what our, our, our manager Arteta did. So why are you charging him when there are managers who have done worse in terms of breaking your rules? They, they will not. Have, they can't have an answer for that. That that's focused on one manager. It's it's so it's nuts. I, I was saying, I think I said it in the group that. Um, Arteta still hasn't been charged for his comments that he said um, yeah. against the Newcastle game. And it's very, I said, but I think they're waiting as long as possible because they want him to, they want him to miss, they want him to miss the, um, the Liverpool, not the Liverpool game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. I think they're trying to wait as long as possible. I think someone told me that they have to charge him within the next few days. Like they've got until Friday to charge him. And I would love, oh. I would love him to go to that flipping like meeting and say, "Look, here's what." I mean, we all know it's going to happen. We are hundred percent know that he's going to get charged. Like we know this is not, it's not stupid. Like we yeah. know what's going to happen. And my issue is, you can provide as much evidence as humanly possible. They won't you can let say, you though, um, give any. 
Yeah, they're not letting him do a PowerPoint, Carl. I know this. So he's got to go there and say, did you say this? Why did you say this? Oh, and what makes me laugh is that it's not an independent panel. It's a group of people who work within the PGML who are going to make that decision. And it's just, isn't, that, it's just, isn't that biased? It's, of course isn't it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely You're questioning ridiculous. referees. Who's, who's judging the trial? Oh, it's referees. <laughs> Sake. Are you it's like the when something goes wrong, the police judge the police. Uh, yeah. Politicians judge politicians. Oh, you never want that. You never want that. That'd just be a fucking absolute clusterfuck. I don't understand why people... Why, I don't know what the inventor is against Arsenal and Arteta. I, I have no idea why. And it just seems yeah. like... Yes, George Graham said it back in the back in the nineties um, and eighties. Um, he said he said that you know they um, they, they don't like us, um, they hate us. Let them let them hate us. We'll just carry on regardless. When they docked us two points, you know, shove your two points up your arse. Um, the he did a, a the camera crew went to the training ground and George Graham was you know yeah listen boys you need to start behaving yourselves you can't be fighting on the pitch as soon as the cameras were off they could shove their two points up their arse we're going to fucking win the league now and they used it to galvanise them everyone knows that you know there's a vendetta I think Herbert Chapman even um, referenced it or it might have been Bertie Me, but there has always been this sort of hatred towards Arsenal and yes there's also now this stigma attached to oh it's moaning Arsenal fans but when you've got something genuine to moan about we've just Highlighted the 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 bias there, so, but yet it won't be highlighted. You'll have channels like Talksport twisting it, going so moany Arsenal fans are moaning about Arte getting charged, but yet he ran down the pitch. They, but they'll they'll just do it. It's clickbait. It's clickbait everywhere because yeah. we respond all the time. And we have a big fan base, and I think yes, I think that's what it is. We because we have a, a big fan base. That's yeah. Also the problem. Um, we're going to touch on Kai Havertz and also Rhea very quickly. So, Danny, I owe Kai Havertz an apology. I do. because, And so does you, Femi. Again, going to be filling out the form. I Femi has faxed it to me in triplicate yeah. and I'm going to attach my name to Femi's form and uh, I'm going to tick the box of saying I didn't <laughs> trust the process. Uh, and I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be, be hasty to jump to conclusions of our Arsenal players again, because I will. I 100% will. When we score, when we um, pick up another midfielder and he doesn't score on his debut, doesn't get a hat-trick, I'm going to say he's a waste <laughs> of fucking money. Uh, we, should, we should never have signed him. Can't believe we bought this crock of shit. Um, but no, I... Chelsea fans were laughing and now they're... Um, yeah, I mean, we've got a song about it, haven't we? Waka waka, yeah, yeah. And... You know, 60, 60 odd million was was quite a lot of money. Let's be very honest; it really was. However, he started to get returns now. Like us, like I, I read first previously, he's getting into the point where he is definitely starting to find his feet in this team and how they play, and you know what Arteta wants from him. And I think he just needs to be a little bit more robust and tough. There was sometimes he was playing a bit too safe, like there'll be a forward pass on, but he wouldn't play it for fear that he might lose the ball. So he'll play it backwards or he'll play it sideways. And he was just like, no, that's not what we want from you, Kai. So, you know, try and be a little bit better. And that, even that goal yesterday just showed how good he is, you know, running onto the end of stuff, like breaking the lines. And that's brilliant. That's what we want from him. Um, 
again, I, I, I do think it's quite early in the season, so I'm not going to totally apologise. We'll see where we are at the end of the season. If I see him lifting that Premier League trophy or Champions League or um, we're touching it later, or the FA Cup, because we've got Liverpool, so we'll touch on that game a bit later. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be extremely happy. But I do think, you know, Kai Havertz, he's starting to play his own. He's starting to come in on his own. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy. And hopefully what we'll do is um, we will see where we are at the end of this season um, because he is a player. I think he's a confidence player. And if you give him the ball when he, and he does well, then... Yeah, you can't fault him. He's he's doing his job, but we just need to see where we are um, at the end of the season. Uh, Jock, I want to talk to you about David Rea mm. because we can't escape the elephant in the room, not in the slightest. Now, oh. let's be very, very honest. Two of the goals yesterday were his fault. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. I think two were his fault. Now, goalkeepers make mistakes. It's what they do. Like, we can't say that they don't is what goalkeepers do they sometimes they make me say I think it's a bit more highlighted for David Rea for the simple fact because obviously there's that you know competition with him and Ramsdale now I'm not going to say Ramsdale never made mistakes because clearly he did like Ramsdale definitely made mistakes but can you remember off the top of your head like high profile mistakes Ramsdale made and I'm saying this because the mistakes are much more highlighted now. And where do we go with this? Like, what do we do with an issue that David Ray? Like, do you bring do you bring Ramsdale back in the team? Do you stick with David uh-huh. Ray and see if we can get that out of him? Because if you drop David Ray now, Arteta looks like a fool. Like he looks yep. like an idiot because yep. he doesn't yep. know which code to decide. If you stick with David Ray and he keeps making these mistakes, then he looks like an idiot. yeah, so you know what? That's a conundrum. So what? What? What is it that you do? He can't. He can't win. You've 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 hit the nail on the head. If he if he keeps rioting, then everyone's going to be screaming at him because you don't. Eventually, you know, our goalkeeper will have to be dropped if he keeps making high profile errors. Um, if he brings if he brings Ramsdale back in, then they're going to be like, well, what the fuck have you brought him in for? I genuinely think Roberto Martinez was interview, interviewed about this just before the the Luton game. <clears throat> And he said, or it was just after the Luton game, and he said, Arteta, it's one of the rare mistakes he's made because he brought in another number one keeper and he's unsettled the goalkeeping status quo. Now, the goalkeeper is the one position where you want confidence in your player and it can't be unsettled or rumbled. So you bring in a rival and it, they're both unequivocal number ones. It's not like when um, you know you're bringing in a, a promising keeper who's going to you know push you if you you know if you make a mistake or whatever. This this guy was was could come straight in, and yes, his distribution is better, and we wanted that to be an outlet. And Ramsdale's kicking could be better, but it's not as if Ramsdale uh, is at his peak, so he could get he will get better. So you you could have stuck with Ramsdale and brought in a promising keeper, or you know brought in Carl Hine forward for number two, whatever. You know there's options, but Arteta chose to bring in someone to rival him and go right. Ramsdale, your position ain't safe, and your goalkeeper cannot feel like that. And most pundits have said the same sort of thing. 
Um, so Arteta has only has himself to blame for this position. If he now put when he put in Ramsdale for the Brentford game, because obviously Raya was cup tied, the cup tied, but he was uh, unavailable and ineligible. Ramsdale made a, a boo boo. He um, he didn't claim the cross and. Um, no, he didn't. He was getting played back to him, and he nearly, uh, nearly fluffed it. And that's one of the rare occasions where a goalkeeper can make an error, and he got bailed out because there was a defender clearing his lines. But when a goalkeeper makes a mistake, normally it leads to a goal, which is why it's always so fucking high profile. There is no solution that wins at the moment. You stick with Raya and you try and build his confidence up. Ramsdale's going to leave and we lose out on an amazing keeper because we know Ramsdale's great. If Ramsdale comes in, Raya is then unsettled and his confidence is broken. It's going to take months to recover. And then Ramsdale's like, fuck, I can't put a fucking foot wrong. Otherwise he's going to be back in. Hmm. It's, it, it's a no-win situation. It's a fucking mess and it could get worse. It could undermine both keepers and then they're both shit. And then we're fucked. <laughs> I have no Can answer. I genuinely have no answer. It's, it, yeah, it's... I mean, Danny, I know you and Femi have had this back and forth on whether um, Arteta, he, he leaves. He's not going to leave in January, is he? Like, he's just not... There's no way he leaves in January. You can't, because then, like Jock says, with that situation, in this scenario, Araya uh, gets injured... They go, well, you've sold him in, you sold Ramsdale or loaned him out in January. What have you done, you fucking idiot? The same people are going, well, you need to sell him and get rid of him. Sell him to Newcastle. All right, yeah, we've finally got a break in the Premier League and Newcastle are knackered because uh, um, Pope is going to be out for four, four or five months. Yeah. Mm. And that's, that's given us an advantage. You don't even answer it. If it comes up on your phone, Newcastle or any, any <laughs> Middle East, you just go, block. I'm not having any of it. <coughs> No, it's uh, you can't sell him because I love Ramsdale. He's just twenty five years old, and he isn't. He's going to learn from all of this. It will make him a better man, yeah, and a better keeper. Yeah, I think I so. I agree. Um, yeah, we can't sell him, and I think Jockey you know in the head. I, I think you have to stick with Raya, and you have to train him up and hope that he does get better because. Those two goals yesterday were soft, like really soft. And like I said, if you yeah. come for the ball and you miss it, you take out the man as well. You have to. You you Imagine if Anana made those boo-boos yeah. after. Oh, we would be all Champions over him. We exactly. would be Everyone would be like, what the so, fuck? Because Anana so, is a great keeper, but I mean, his confidence is shot to shit. Um, so I, I, can, I can understand why people are over Ray. And I can't defend him. I, I said it yesterday. I can't. When people make mistakes like that, you can't defend them. You have to take it on the chin and say, look, it is what it is. You have to make sure now for the next game against Aston Villa, you play your heart out. You don't do things where, you know, you take risk. You just have to do it because what he's going to do now, maybe he's going to overcompensate and try and play too safe or maybe he's going to think, okay, I've got to try and make a save because he didn't really Mm. make a save in that game. If you think no, about it, didn't, even though the shots, didn't. no, he didn't really make no. a save. Um, we had one shot, one goal, and I think their first, I think they had a few shots, but they were high, wide, and handsome. And I think yeah, yeah, yeah. the first shot they had on target was uh, their goal, their set piece. So I think um, it was. I think, <sighs> I think they, the, as well, it, like I said, it could get worse, and the goalkeeper. Uh, solidifies the confidence in the defenders. And if you're not confident of the goalkeeper behind you, 
I think it'll uns- it could end up unsettling a defence. Mm. The sooner it's settled, the better. How you settle it, I don't know. I think you have to stick with Raya for now. Ramsdale needs to stay because I think he loves the club. His dad loves the club. Um, all I can hear is fucking purring. I'm getting slightly <laughs> turned on. I've got to be honest. Um, <laughs> um, the, shush, the more he does it, and he's too old um, and stupid to move. Ah, it's fine, man. But I, I want Ramsdale to stay, and I still see him as our long-term number one. But this is supposed to be, I think, a kick up the arse to Ramsdale to say, look, this is where you need to improve. The reason we brought Ryan is because his distribution and his, his footwork is better than yours at the moment. Shot-stopping. Equal. Ramsdale's probably better. Claiming aerially, Ramsdale is all over him. But because we need that ball play at the back, that's why Raya's in. So Ramsdale has to improve. Hopefully, he takes it as the kick up the arse that he needs to improve and get better. And I think he will. Fingers crossed. I mean, you're hoping so that we have to obviously do a little bit better in... um in that goalkeeping situation because yeah. like yeah. even conceding three goals because that was the first time Luton scored three goals uh, since they come to the Premier League like why, <laughs> yeah, why against us like do you know what I mean like why against uh, well, it's like that. it's like that last season and the season before do you remember like Everton hadn't had a win for 20 games they played us and we were in form and it had to be us that they got their first win in 20 games. Same against Southampton. We, we, Do you remember Southampton? Yeah, exactly. We just seem to be that giving side. We're charitable, you know? We we, we, we care about other people. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about them. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, yeah, I mean, Danny, that was our sort of uh, sixth um, win in a row. And uh, we scored 18 goals in that time. And in that time, we scored like three goals a game. So... Do you, there's a little bit more stability with us at the moment. I think it's starting on defence. I mean, I didn't realise this stat. So, do you know Arteta has only purchased, I think it was two attacking players since uh, he's come to Arsenal, and that was obviously Trossard and Jesus. Uh, I guess now um, you can call Hazard if you want to call him an attacking player. Uh, don't know. No. Do you think that the next quote-unquote big purchase or even just normal purchase from Arsenal has to be a, a striker or centre-forward? Only if we can do something with Eddie because Eddie isn't going to do it. He's only had one good game this season against a team that would struggle in the Championship to sack their manager and got one of their old managers in. They're a club in turmoil run by people who don't understand football, <laughs> which is why they voted for the, the loan thing. Uh, it's we, we need to get rid of Eddie. He is not going to do it. It's a shame because anyone who listened to the pod, I've kept you updated with Eddie all the way since we signed him at 16-year-old and give you updated with stats and how he's doing in the under-18s, under-21s, mm-hmm. doing for England, and then the League Cup games. And he's, he's reached a level where he is probably one of the worst player, one of the worst, one of the worst players to score a Premier League hat-trick. I can't think of any others that are generally worse. Although he's a lovely bloke and he's a gooner and he's a Halim boy. Signed for us on the he left he got released by Chelsea on the same day as Declan Rice did. I didn't know that until I heard. Yeah, they're good friends. Still good friends. Them and Mason Mount. But we do need a um, we need someone who when when Jesus is off wandering um, all over the place and he's not got not angry like he was last night. We need to bring someone else on who can score goals. We've seen that he's not going to put Martinelli up front, which I think Martinelli has done a little bit of that for Brazil. And Martinelli said, I love playing for the Brazil manager. I have got so much freedom. I've never had this much freedom in ever. 
I think Martinelli would be fantastic playing him up front. And then we've got plenty of players that we can move out to the left-hand side because we've got Trossard who, although I love Trossard, he'd, he, he, whenever he touches the ball, the ball feels full of helium. He is horrendous at wasting really good chances and putting the ball over. So Trossard isn't the answer up front. He's good in, in the left eight, but we need someone who's going to do it. Now, getting someone like Mbappe, that would fix everything, but he's never going to come to us. <laughs> We're never going to... Well, he's on a free transfer, isn't he? Maybe he is. Maybe he, he, he is. Yeah. But we'd have to get rid of the tea lady... And yep. also get rid of every single backroom star to fund the whole fucking yep. yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he, to fund he, him. He can have El Nenny as his man Friday, and he can have Eddie as well as if he wants, and he can have Cedric. He can have all three of them his men Fridays. You have a different man for every day of the week. Now that reminds me of uh, something that's not good. Don't we don't want to do that? That's dodgy. <laughs> we need, but we score. We're averaging over our last six games, Carl. We're averaging three goals a game, and here I am saying we need a bloody forward. So what the fuck do I know? Hey, you've, you, that's a good point, man. I mean, I, I feel sorry for Eddie because he had a good run in the team last season, and he scored a fair amount of goals, and he had a, a, a few a few games this season, and you know scored a couple of goals, but he's never. He's never gonna. He's never assured you enough that if he played for a whole season, that he'd get you twenty odd goals. And the problem is when you directly compare him to Jesus, he may score on a par with Jesus, maybe 15, 16 goals in the season. But he will definitely not give you everything that Jesus does in terms of the interplay in and around the box and the chasing down and the pressure. And he doesn't give you enough. I think he could cut it at another Premier League side. But I also like the fact that we've got this able backup who's happy. Well, I mean, we know he's not happy, but he seems to be loyal enough to sit on the bench and, you know, get, get his 20 games a season. And there's not many strikers who would give you 10 to 15 goals a season, be happy, predominantly playing second fiddle to the first-choice striker. So he does have a role to play. It's like the Elneny thing. Elneny always comes on and gives you a 7 out of 10. He's happy with 20 games a season, and he is perfect filler. You need those squad players. And now, if we sold Eddie, I'd completely understand. And I wouldn't shed a tear. I'd understand. But I th- we, got, we got rid of Balogun as well. And you're like, well, where does that leave us? Now, Trossard's versatile. He can play as the nine. Havertz can play as the nine. Martinelli, if forced, could play the nine. We've got options, but we do need backup. And I think we've got able backup everywhere, aside from injuries. And Eddie is a good is a big part of that. So we need him. Mm. I hear you, and I totally understand. My issue is, remember the Wolves game when it was um, 2-1? And he got put through on goal, and he's a one. He was one on one with a goalkeeper, and he missed. Now I understand strikers can yeah. miss one on ones, but in a high pressurized environment, you don't miss those. A good striker no. does not miss that chance. When you're one on one, there's no one around you. And yes, he hit the post, and you know either or that like inch left, or he goes in. But you know, if buts and maybes, you got to score that. Now if Eddie scored that, and come on. Yeah. People call him an impact player. He's never come on um, off the bench and scored in a Premier League game. That is, for me, that's an amazing stat. The amount of times he's come off the bench. And you have to, in those times, you have to take your chances. He didn't take that chance. I mean, people look at him and say, oh, we got a hat-trick against Sheffield United, I think it was. Again, it was Sheffield United. Look how bad they are. You know, oh. if you have if you have a hat trick against 
even a mid to top um, team, then I might rate you. But you know, that just shows his level. You get a hat trick against Sheffield United, that shows your actual level of where you are. So, yeah, I'm not overly impressed. By so, that. if we got rid of him, let's say we got rid of him, Carl, do you think we'd have enough up top for the season? Now, no, no, not at all. Um, mm. Not in the slightest. Yeah, we yeah. have to. We can't get rid of him in January. There's no way because Jesus is always getting injury. Always getting, yeah, I would say that. And you need someone to score goals at the end of the season. We'll, we'll talk, but January, I don't see. I don't see a single player that could leave us in January and not make us weaker. Nah. You're not, not a player yeah, in our yeah. squad. Yeah. We have to keep every single person, even if like from Ramsdale to Inketia. I'd even so, argue Cedric has a part to play, considering our defensive injuries right now. Cedric is going to come in. I guarantee you, with our injuries, he's going to play. That's a absolutely marvelous segue because I want to talk about uh, Tommy Asu. Okay. So <laughs> Tommy Asu <laughs> is injured. Tommy Asu is injured once again. He's got a calf strain, like Danny mentioned earlier. Jock, why can't this guy stay fit? Oh, mate, it's like have you have you read the the history book on fucking Kieran Tierney? That boy is even worse. He's made a papier mâché. I swear to God, he can't keep fit. But the problem with Tommy Asu is it's a recurring thing. And like we were, um, it was in the WhatsApp groups. So I can't remember who who referenced it. it it's the lo- it's the load bearing muscle it takes a lot of punishment and when it does go because it doesn't go as often as the hammy or the groin or whatever but when it does go <clears throat> it will keep you out for a while so hence why he's not coming back back till february uh and the way he runs himself ragged it's it's kind of par for the course for that kind of player i mean he, he's really really he's hench he looks really robust but his calf muscles ain't um, and his ver- we're going to miss his versatility. We're going to miss the fact that on the right or the left, he is solid as fuck. Yep. He's just so reliable. I love the guy. And he's perfect um, when he moves around from one side to the other during a game. And immediately. He's, just, he, he, he's one of those players you just can't complain about. You don't often see him slip up. He doesn't do it, doesn't put a foot wrong. He is going to be a big miss. Um, we don't know how much of a miss Durian Timber is going to be because we, we, we have barely seen him in the shirt, but we know how good he is. Tommy Ass has done it for two seasons, and we know what we're going to miss. And yet, White can fill in on the on the on the right and the left, but there's a degree of rotation you need for the fullbacks, and that means Cedric will play. And I think the guy—don't well, get me wrong—he's not Arsenal class, but he will put a shift in. And he, you know, he's he's not without talent. And when he was at Southampton, he was he was pretty nifty, and he didn't do a bad job every now and then for us. There's a reason why he's like fucking eighty fifth choice. But I don't think it's the worst. I don't think it's the nightmare that everyone's putting it out to be. Um, I just think that it's the, that's the reason we have cover, like in-depth cover everywhere, because we're playing sixty games a season, and the the intensity we play with, we're gonna get <coughs> muscle injuries. It's just gonna happen. The fact that it happened to Tommy Asu is a fucking nightmare, though. I think you're on mute, Carl. My issue there is um, when Arteta says he's going to be out for a long time, I worry. I really, really worry because Arteta is someone who keeps his cards very close to his chest. He doesn't really reveal anything. And the fact that he said that was kind of like a little bit worrying because I'm assuming he's going to have to go have surgery. 
Um, so is this now a season ending injury? Are we going to see Tommy Asu again this season? Because the fact that he said that just makes me think, you know, he would normally say, oh, we're assessing. He would keep it close, close to his chest, especially, you know, with Aston Villa coming up and then Liverpool and things like that. You know, you'd like, just keep it close to your chest. Like, even with Thomas Partey, you don't, no one knows what's happened to Thomas Partey. No one knows because he's just always got a muscle injury. That's it. That's all we're saying. The yeah. fact that Arteta's has come out straight away, he's going to be out for a while. You're thinking, shit, mm-hmm. what's happening? So I've just got a bad feeling we're not yeah. going to see Tommy Yasu again for the rest of the season. And the um, worrying thing is that they've already reported that Ben White, our other reliable fullback, is nursing an injury because he's played so much. So, oh, yeah, he wasn't fit yesterday. You look at him yesterday, he was well off the pace. So it's a possibility we're, we're down to what? Uh, Zinchenko, uh, Cedric, Cedric, and then we're and looking ben at. Yeah, and that's it. And then you're looking at uh, youth uh, team players. So, and the problem is, you look at Zin and obviously um, Kivio, obviously he can play left oh, back yeah, as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Kivio, um, yeah. So, yeah, I worry about that right-hand side, that right-back position is because Ben White cannot, so you think Ben White cannot play. I mean, you look at our December, so Danny, can you get the fixtures up, please, for um, December? Because we've got so many games. Yeah, I'll take a reference, we're playing like every three days. So you're hoping, against Aston Villa, Ben White will play. Against PSV, we're through. We are top, we're top, we're through, and there's no chance of us not taking everyone. So you're hoping Ben White does not play that game, especially knowing that we've got Brighton uh, a few days later. So, did you see the the financial implications? Right, the, the PSV game is a dead rubber, right? But did you see the financial implications if we win that PSV game? I think it was like an extra seven to ten million. Why? But I thought Which, you were in the top know. group. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. But I think uh, there's something about like win record in the Champions League or something, or what every win represents in the Champions League. It's it's like decent money. So. But what what Arteta should do, and every Arsenal fan would be justified in going absolutely mental at Arteta if he played any of our the first eleven we need, like Asaka, Martinelli, Jesus, Declan Rice, all of them rest. Gabriel, um, Saliba, rest all of them. There is no need for them to play, especially they're, they're traveling as well to to the Phillips Stadium. If it's still called the Phillips Stadium, I um, think it's madness. So I think you can almost guarantee you can almost guarantee that Saliba and Gabriel will play. I think because we don't have anything. If you look about what, who else do we play? If we don't play Saliba and Gabriel, who else do we play in defence? We uh, literally could, have mm. no who. Yeah, we literally have no one. Because if you say okay, Kivio is going to uh, come in for Zinchenko. If you say I don't, I don't know if Cedric's in the um, Champions League squad. I think That's he a, named him in there. I'm sure he named him in it because everyone was like, "What the fuck, Cedric in there for?" So you have to. So for me, you have to play Cedric against PSV, no matter yes. what. Like yes. even if he's, even if he plays for seventy-five minutes and you bring on Ben White, like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. has to start. That he has to start the game as well. Like not just come on. He has to start. Agree that game. Um, Reese Nelson. Coming for Saka, yes. and then obviously, if we're not winning, then bring Saka on. That like, if you really want to try and win that game, but Reese Nelson has to play. Eddie, um, Leandro Trossard, 
Trossard has to play, I would start Eddie rather than Jesus. You yeah. would start um, Jorginho instead of um, Declan Rice. Sorry, instead yes. of Declan Rice. Uh, you may uh, Patrick Vieira hear me Vieira instead of Odegaard I mean I would make a whole injured I know he had is he injured because I remember he had his um, his three game it's deceptive it's deceptive we've got so many injuries we've got Smith always out parties out Jesus Christ you know what it's catching up with everyone Oh yeah, every team like it's not just Arsenal. Like every team has got some major, major injuries. Winter World really... Cup like, messed everyone up. Money yeah, it's money. just it's ridiculous. So you're hoping that we make some really wholesale change about PSV game because then we have got Brighton at home, and Brighton's going to be no easy game. Like, Do you remember not when they stuffed all. us three 0 It wasn't that long ago. Oh yeah, they killed us. Like it was a mm-hmm. they killed us that game, and then we got Liverpool. Oh. And then a couple of days after that, we got West Ham. Got like, do you know what I mean? Liverpool, Jesus and then we got West Ham in the FA Cup. Like it's, uh, it's a game that our, that oh, December God. is thick and fast. So you think to yourself, Ben White is going to play at home to Brighton. He's also yeah. going to play away to Liverpool. He's yeah. also going to play at home to West Ham. He's also he might get a rest against Fulham, which will put Cedric against Fulham. Maybe three 0 up against Forest. At uh, Forest, yeah, will be scored. Oh bloody hell! Oh, I've wow. seen no times. Jimenez got two. Gee, he ain't scored. He ain't scored a time. I don't think it sounds our row. So you think it's yourself, Ben White is going to, have to play a lot of games over the, the festive season. If he's not a hundred percent, you don't want yeah. to lose Ben White, and then you have to play Cedric at right back. So yeah, <laughs> it's um, you want to have the option to play Cedric, not be forced to play Cedric. Yeah. I think that's a that's a massive thing. So. Yes, uh, we're not looking. I think as much as people say we've got a big squad, our squad is very, very thin, like extremely thin. And yeah. like Danny, do you think that there's a chance where possibly in a January transfer window, because you think it's only a month away that we're going to be looking at maybe a fullback or some sort of defensive player to bring in? Because at that time, we are very thin on that back line. Um, well, in years gone by, we didn't really do loans. When you had a loan, it was very strange. You had Batista, and then we had... Um, I'm trying to think of the ones we had in the Wenger era. There wasn't many. But then when Arteta's taken over, we've had we've had quite a few. I mean, even at the moment, I'm mean, goalkeepers on loan. So he does like, to, does like a loan. But whether he's going to buy someone, I think managers prefer to... If you buy in January, you're going to pay more... And teams aren't going to want to sell, which is which is why they cost more. I think sometimes they'd rather wait till the the summer. But then you you take you take the risk of if you do wait until the summer, then you've like last season we should have won the league. And if he'd have uh, bought in January um, a back a couple of decent backup players, then maybe we would have won the league because uh, when Saliba went out, we were knackered. And there's been rumours that we're after Douglas Louise and Villa. To he ain't going to... anywhere without no. the biggest bid. I mean, he's yeah. been on fire, which has just upped his value. The Aston Villa are flying. We'd have to go plus. in with... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And anyone thinking we can get him for... I would turn this guy in for 80 plus. And we won't we won't be buying him because uh, no. he, he has back well, we're close to like We're close to the limit in terms of our spending as well, so yeah. we have to sell. Yeah. yeah. And then so, we'll have a position. 
Ideally, we need. Can we? Well, afford, what we could we do? Need to get a fullback in on loan, someone who plays both sides. But again, that's what that's what um, Cedric does. We can't mm-hmm. have five players who all play on both sides at fullback because they keep getting injured. <laughs> it's not football manager. We're not allowed to do that. It's, <laughs> the only thing we can do is do like what I'm doing in football manager with um, ABWFC. I'm three quarters away from my second season. I haven't lost a game yet. That's what I'm playing three at the back. One DM, two in central midfield, two wingers, a 10 and a striker. That's what we need to do. We've got plenty. Of, uh, just play Kivior, Gabriel and uh, um, Saliba as three centre-backs and everyone else can have a rest. With the three centre backs at the start of the season, and we we looked a pale imitation of ourselves. Yeah, didn't we? it takes a while to bend that. Changed, but he changed that quickly, didn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, but when yeah. we were attacking, we played three at the back anyway. I hear that, but we can't when we're defending. And you're coming. Remember mm. those thick games coming thick and fast. So I think we're going to have to manage. Um, the load that we put in our players uh, ahead of it. Oh my god! Sorry, I just well, see. Um, sorry, uh, Man United just just scored against Man United, and it was the worst goal you've ever seen. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I so if if this is my club and Arteta comes to me and says, uh, "Carl, who should we buy?" Uh, I would say we need some Becker. sort of defensive. Obviously, come on. Um, we need some sort of defensive player. We have to, because I think yeah, it, we was going to lose. Either way, we were going to lose Tomiyasu in January anyway. He was ever going to go to the Asia Games or mm, now we've lost him to injury. So we was going to lose him anyway. Um, Isn't there Cup of Nations, Africa Cup of Nations this January as well? Africa Cup of Nations as well. Mm-hmm. So we no one... No one knows what's happening with Thomas Partey, not a single person. And he's very gone really, really quiet. And obviously, he's got his off-field issues. And my hmm. inclination is that his injury is more to do with off-field issues than anything else. Again, I don't know anything. I'm not yeah, yeah, just saying. Yeah, there's something up. That is more... Like our goals, they're mounting and mounting. Like, if, like yeah. Man City's charges, there's another one every day. So I've got a feeling it's more off-field issues... Than anything that's kind of uh, happening with him, because we're losing me. seven people to the Afcon, aren't we? We're losing El Nene, Party, and five people to keep an eye on Party. <laughs> <sighs> Daniel, Al- AirPod Albert's going. Half of the pit crew are going. Arteta's doing that, taking over at, at midweek. Yeah, it just it's honestly, just... you can only because, th- like, like you say, Carl, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Everything's really hush hush. But so you can only judge it on what he's given us at the moment. And at the moment, the last two seasons, especially, um, he's given us fifteen games where we're like, "Holy shit, we cannot lose this guy to injury." And then we have about forty games where he's either missing or mm. getting back up to speed. It's not enough for a starting. Mid- midfield. Oh, he's got to go. Either way, he's next season, either January. I put it this way: if we sold him in January, I wouldn't be upset because we yeah. haven't played him enough to miss him. So yeah. if he yeah, went in yeah. January, I, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, and I think even at his age and his injury profile, if we got twenty million for him, I would be uh, okay with that. 
Yeah, you got to take it. I think you got to take a hit. Apparently, Juventus want him. Um, you know, they're a bit. Juventus cash. are not going to pay twenty. Juventus are not they're paying twenty million for him. Yeah, they're not <laughs> paying. T- no Italian club is paying like twenty million um, for that for a club. So, Look yeah, I made this a while ago. Jeez. This was up to what the red ones are the games that part. It's the last four seasons with party. Um, this goes up to the mm. Sheffield United game. He's been in the he's been in the squad eighty six out of one hundred nineteen. Start in 11, 72 out of one hundred nineteen. He's been he's come in thirteen times, but played eighty five out of one hundred nineteen games. Well, how many games we played since Sheffield United? So that's he's played eighty five out of one hundred twenty five, and so he's missed yes, forty. So he's missed a third. Yeah, uh, you'd say a third of his uh, potential appearances he's missed, and he's played two thirds. So on the face of it, that doesn't sound as bad. But it and feels he's only like played he's a lot more. Uh, lost nine of the fifty-one games where he's played ninety-one minutes, and we only lose seventeen percent of the games, Carl, when he plays the whole game, which is the point when, we were making. This is what I'm saying. When he plays, he's a good player. Like he's magnificent. Uh, put it this way: I know for a fact that this season, Partey, Rice, and Odegaard should have been our starting midfield three. Yeah. And imagine if we had that midfield three, we would All be axed. Mm. Oh, we would be. Oh, we would be brilliant. And the fact that Arteta has never been able to play that midfield three is just, it's almost a crying shame. It really mm, is. But yeah. we can't afford, I mean, part is what, 31 now, I believe? Yeah. We can't afford to carry him anymore. It's only going to get worse. One, yeah, yeah. He's got one more season left, I believe, on his contracts. And like I said, anything above 20 million is a bonus. 15, you're kind of like, all right, even 10. But we all know what's <laughs> going to happen. We're going to end up leaving. He's going to end up leaving for free, like, depending on what the issues are. I mean, even him, we was going to lose him in January as well. And if he ends up making a miraculous recovery uh, to go to the African Cup of Nations and then comes back injured, then I think that tells you everything you need to know about the issues he's having Um Personally, so but anyway, that's Thomas Party. We, we'll move on. Um, Danny, I'm going to wrap this up really quickly. So, listeners, if you've got any questions, please put them in the chat and Danny will uh filter them out. Um, Jock Saka, I mean, obviously, uh, he is the best player the world has ever seen. Like, he's the, agreed how, he, how he's not won 17th bad on doors. <laughs> like, I, I really don't understand, but. When you see him play, I mean, he dips in and out of games and he has, like, some days you see him and you think, oh, so I could do something. But then you realise he does actually do something all the time. And I think the stat was, and I think if people are on YouTube, you'll see the screen, of the 25 Premier League teams he's played, he's either assisted or scored against every single one of them. How many players can say that? Uh, And... One, there's a few things you've got to keep in mind. One, we forget how young this boy is because he's been playing for us for, for what seems like an age. Two, well, Alan Davies says he's about 12, isn't he? It's it's insane, isn't it? It really is. The, but the boy is brick. I mean, he's, he's purebred muscle. The, the boy's strong. Two, consistency-wise, he's been doing it now solid for two and a half seasons where he's got week in, week out, he's doing he's, he's, he's a change maker. He, he's on the pitch and he does something. It may not come off you know, uh, through the 90 minutes, but there will be some, there'll be a moment in the game where he creates something or does something himself. Now, then you add into the fact <clears throat> that 
the players of his ilk, the way he takes on players, he's confrontational, he makes things happen. These players have to lose the ball. Because there, no player is going to have a hundred percent success rate. Messi doesn't have a hundred percent success rate when he's taking a player on through through skill. When he's when he's um, you know going one on one with a defender or a fullback, he has to lose the ball. And I think he's afforded that luxury of where we go. Oh, he's lost the ball, but he's going to do something. And there's how many players have we had in the last ten years where you're just waiting for Saka to do something? I can only think of Omri in. Yeah, in the Wenger years, Sanchez, where he's going to do something. Yeah, maybe Sanchez. I mean, I every single game you expect him to do something, Sanchez. Mm. That that's it. This boy is beyond special, and I would do. I'd move heaven and fucking earth You're to tie him up to a hundred-year contract. I love him so much. He <laughs> I love is him more. It, uh, it's just not possible, Danny. Honestly, the boy I've is. Got, I've got, he has I've got tattooed on both buttocks, both smiling. <laughs> one in an England kit and one in the uh, an Arsenal kit. He is undervalued by England. He oh is going God, to and be... the FA. They don't give yeah. a fuck about him. If he was playing for Spurs, any player that even looked at him at the wrong angle, they'd be booked. Playing for Arsenal, God lads, kick him. Yeah, kick the, it, kick him, kick One of the has... three best players for England. Oh yeah, uh, by by a million miles. But yet he even knows. I mean, you've seen it now. Uh, you said at the start of the game, Carl, that he's been doubled up on. And you see every game now, and he's still doing something. Yeah. What what other player can Last say that? Everyone's going nuts immense. for Jude Bellingham. Fuck Jude Bellingham. It's Bakaya Saka, motherfucker. Sorry. Go on, Danny, you were saying? Well, he's, he's, he's dropped out. Go on, Danny, you were saying? Oh, I was, I, I was enthusiastically brushing my beard with my back scratch and unplugged my ear things. So I don't know what's just said. <laughs> Oh god! Um, I think if um, Bukayo Saka played for any other team, apart from Arsenal, people would be raving about him because, and I think because he does it week in week out, and I think because he does it week in week out, people just expect it from him. They don't think, oh my god, like he's absolutely like world class, like he's killing it, yeah. And and he is because there is not. I mean, Mo Salah is Mo Salah. You know, no one as much as you hate Liverpool or whatever, Mo Salah is an extremely good player. The has been Penn, for the Egyptian yeah, but he has, <laughs> but he has been he has been very good for the past yeah, six odd years. Like he's he's been brilliant. Um, yeah. Apart from with Kane. him, yeah, None you have to admit Kane was a good player until he signed for Bayern. Yeah, now he's brilliant. But. Apart from Salah, name another winger in the Premier League that's as good, or even halfway up there. I mean, yeah, Sterling, Sterling. had his time. Yeah. He was, he was when he was at Man City. He was very, very good. Like, we can't deny how good he was. There's no one else. Like, and Saka, because yeah, everyone goes so... nuts for everyone goes nuts for Phil Foden, right? Phil Dirty Foden, bastard. Uh, he, he, his his numbers, his his impact is nowhere near. You can't say it in the same no, breath. It's not, not at all. It, Nah. Not at all. Like he pops up with goals here and there, and everyone goes nuts for him. Like, yeah, not at all. I remember, I remember when um, we played Man City one season, and I think I remember Arteta. Not hear me, Arteta. Um, Guardiola was literally raving about Saka, and I think if he didn't Saka didn't sign that contract, he'd be at Man City. Same as Martinelli. I think Martinelli definitely would be at Man City if. Uh, he didn't sign that contract because they're such good players. And mm. Saka, for me, 
if his trajectory carries on the way he is, he he's going to be out of this world. Like he literally, you're going to be start talking about him like in this same realms. And I know I, I don't want to go too mad, but um, you're going to start talking about him in the same realms as the best Arsenal player of all time. I mean, you know, everyone's got their own opinion. Everyone's got their own opinions of who they think the best Arsenal player mm. is of all time. Is it Henri? Is it Ian Wright? Is it Dennis Bergkamp? Is it Tony Adams? Is it Patrick Vieira? Mm. You're going to start talking about him in that context and he's, you're going to start narrowing it down because he is that good. And we have to keep him. I remember me and Danny doing a podcast when, you know, we was asking for him to sign the contract because we didn't know where it was going to go and if we lose him and how much should we pay him. And I remember saying to Danny, you've got to give him... If he comes into that room, him is Asian and says, I know I'm only, I think he was like 21 at the time, 21. I want to go, hold, hold on a sec there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, if, he, if he says, I want 200 grand, yeah. fuck the I'm haggling. Fuck, fuck the haggling. Double. 200 yes. grand. Yes. Okay. No worries. No worries. <laughs> and you want, you want me to buy you a house as well? Okay. No worries. And you want a car Five. to work? Yeah, no worries. Yeah. You have to give certain players, you have to give them what they want. I can't remember who it was I was with. And you had to say, and someone said, oh, no, he's young. You have to sort of decide, not, not pay him too much too quickly. Fuck that. Because mm. when you wrap up talent like that, you have to keep them. It's the same with Saliba. Saliba is a Rolls Royce of a player. So when him and his agent said, oh, we want 150 grand. Okay, we uh, let's be very honest with each other. We know we're going to lose Saliba to Real Madrid. He's not staying with us. He's going to leave and us. Manelli. Yeah, let's be honest. Saliba definitely is leaving us. I don't care what anyone says. And when we leave, when he leaves us, we need to make sure, number one, we get the maximum amount for him. And if you're talking about Van Dyke was the highest uh, defender at what? Was it 75 mil? I can't remember. Like was it? That, yeah. No, it's Harry. Yeah. It's Harry Dickett, isn't it? Oh, Maguire. Harry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, he was 80, 85. So if, if yeah. Harry Maguire is 85 million, you're talking about Saliba being the first defender worth more than 100 million. 100. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can pay off the national debt for how much Saliba is worth. I think it's there are players who are exceptional circumstance. Like players who will lead the line for years to come, who you can form a team round. And Saliba... Declan Rice, Bakaya Saka, and Martinelli are a spine. And they if you Odegaard. keep them for four or five years, and Odegaard, four or five years, they could do amazing things given the right resources around them. They can, oh, they can do the bulk of the work. They're a 100%. Magic. By next year, you need to start talking to Saliba again about our contract. Fuck yeah. By next year, by next year, you have to start saying Saliba, okay, you signed a four-year contract, you've got two or 18 months left. We need to do okay. the Chelsea contracts. Seven years till yeah, yeah, seven yeah. year flipping oh yeah. Um but yeah, that's uh brilliant. So, you know, I'll quickly I'll quick quickly touch on Aston Villa. So Aston Villa at the moment they're playing Man City and I think they're dr- drawing nil, 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 nil. Nil. And at the moment I think almost they're on top. So against Aston Villa, you know what you're gonna come up against and you're gonna have um the dickhead of a keeper who's gonna try and play out of his skin <laughs> to stop us. Um the manager's not going to be on the touchline, but he's going to have obviously his uh, hands-free kit, and like you said, he's going to be in the ear hole of uh, the assistant. John, what do you do? You think we've got a chance against Aston Villa because they're playing very well at the moment. You can't deny that they're not. Only Watkins is in 
absolutely scintillating form. Yeah. I think Leon Bailey, he's playing well. Like They've got re- a really good team about them. So we're going to have to play very well against them. So what do you rate our chances? Um, is it a home or away? I don't, I've not it's away. Far <sighs> Park. Okay, that changes a lot. Um, I think if at home, I think we could have it. We would have enough to maybe slide through. I think we're going to drop points. Uh, one, I think we're going to be massively jaded. I mean, yeah, the confidence and the, and the emotion from the Luton game is going to carry you through to an extent. But if we don't score early goals, I think Aston Villa will settle into the game, and they've got more than enough. The only saving grace is that we've got an extra day's rest, and they're going to be going full tilt at City. And like Danny said. They're already they're looking on top against City. If they continue and they you know they they get a snatch a draw or a win or maybe a, a last gap, gasp defeat, they're going to be out in their feet. And I think that may play into our hands. But one, the fact that it's a Villa Park. Two, the fact that Villa have been on fire. Three, they are scoring goals all over the pitch. Um, Douglas Louise is popping up with plenty as well. Um, it's going to be a very very tall order. But you can. Again, this season and last season, you can't count against us. And I think with Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard and Jesus, I think they can do anything. I'm going to go type 2-1 win, just. But I wouldn't be surprised if we drop points as well, to be fair. Okay, that's good. Danny, what do you think uh, against Aston Villa? Well, looking at that, we've got for people at home on the toilet having a poo and walking the dog, or even indeed doing the washing well, literally up. at the same time. That would be fucking amazing. It's you know, it's time saving. You can brush your teeth in the shower. You can shit while you're washing up. Uh, looking at the league table, Villa are fourth in the league table, and they've played six at home, won six, scored twenty three, conceded five. So they've scored nearly five goals, uh, four goals a game, and they conceded less than one. That I mean, our, ours is better because we've played two more games. But they are the only team in the league, apart from Liverpool, that have won. And Liverpool are Liverpool away, and um, that won every single game. Um, I would be happy with a draw. Historically, Arteta does do quite well against Emery, but they have got a load. They've got dirty players. Remember the, um, the one of the ones that wound me up the most. You got that McGinn bloke. Can't stand him. John Louise McGinn. Is, uh, yeah, Meatball. Mm-hmm. They call him yeah. Meatball for. Yeah, uh, Louise is a dirty bastard, and who's the, the centre back bloke? The one they got from Bournemouth. He's out injured at the moment. He's always oh. crying about it on 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 the on Twitter. From Bournemouth, I think they got him from Bournemouth. He's uh, he Dutch. Oh, I can't remember. Someone in the chat will know his name. He's another mm. dirty bastard, but he's injured, so he won't be playing. And then you got the the king fucker of a lot of them is Martinez. And if we do, we've got the skill to make them all look silly. But I was just watching, like you, Carl. I was watching the Man City game, and Louise had the ball on the right hand side of their area, and he was holding on to it, dribbling all through all the Man City players, getting it and going back again, doing it again. You think, bloody hell, this bloke is meant to be a DM, and he's he's acting like yeah. a right winger. So, yeah, he's so. he's doing stuff like he's he's playing well, know, very very. Well she knew he's dating. Oh, he's, he's isn't it? The, um, the, Alicia the, Lehman. Yeah, she plays for. I think she plays for West Ham. Uh, I think she plays for Villa Women. She, I think. She, I think she did. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. I could be wrong. Full I could be wrong. Nil. Very wrong. Oh, sorry. Oh, that, that, that's off on a tangent. It doesn't really matter who he's dating. To be fair, Steve Cooper's losing his job, isn't he? 
Oh. So yeah, Steve Cooper's definitely gone, hasn't he? Like, ugliest man in football. But don't you think it's weird that we are now in December and only the first manager lost his job yeah. like yesterday? I, that's never happened before. That's, that's very, very weird. Um, that's because most clubs are still paying the manage, money for their managers for their last five managers. Well, Chelsea probably. are still paying for 10 managers, probably. Is that, <laughs> is that, for me, I don't understand. These newly promoted clubs who get rid of their managers, like Sheffield United. Let's be very honest. Sheffield United are not going to stay in the Premier League and surely their owners know this. So mm. why would you sack the manager? Like, what do you think um, a next manager is going to do to try and keep it up? It's not going to happen. Because even when Everton appeal their points and let's say it gets half, which is to be very honest, they're going to appeal and it's going to be half. So it'll be five points uh, that they get deducted. Sheffield United are still going to be bottom of the table so I, I don't like I don't understand these newly promoted clubs sacking their managers. Like I really don't. It's, it's beyond me. I, I think it's. I mean, it's. It was different, like you mentioned last season, where there was. Um, it was quite evident that some weren't weren't playing for the manager. Paul Heckingbottom, through a miracle, got him up. This is the first season where all three promoted sides that came up. You you look at their squads and you're like. You are going straight down. There is a massive golfing class. Like when Nottingham Forest came up last season and they they splurred loads of money. Exactly. And they bought class as well. They bought some really good players. And you're like, oh, you've got you've got a shot. I mean, it, it'll be difficult to gel them. And Steve Cooper did an amazing job. But this Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield United are fucking turgid. They are awful. Luton are just a bunch of cloggers. Burnley, I feel sorry for Vincent Company, but he's gone with youth and he's gone brave and he's gone with a few un, not household names. So it was a bit of a gamble. And Paul Heckingbottom, he did it by a miracle getting him up and he's lost the squad. So Chris Wilder's come in, he made up, made amends with the chairman. Played blah, really blah, good blah. football under Chris Wilder. I remember they had their centre backs with the actors' wingers. They <laughs> found out after. I mean, they were up near the top, top, top of the table at Christmas and then. Oh, it had to, it pushed them so far forward. People didn't know what to do with them, and then they, they realised when they when they played everybody for the second time, they got found out. But for, for part of that season, <laughs> playing playing uh, playing a striker centre backs. But I think if you've lost the, I think if the, the 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 if the chairman recognises that the managers lost the squad, like Heckenbottom had. Um, you bring him in before the January transfer window, the new manager, so you go, right, you can have your pick of a few players and you can build a squad to come straight back up. Then it gives him a fighting chance. I mean, I, I kind of get it, but if you bring in, if you sack a manager after the January transfer window, I think that's even crazier. What chance yeah. are you giving him? What's the fucking point? You're going down anyway. Stick with your man and build. That's, that's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's like sucking somebody like February, or, um, February, March. It's like... Do you, what, do you want this Are new manager to do? Like, no, I don't want yeah, what, what are you eating, man? I'm not eating uh, American M&M's that I got <gasps> from when I went to America at all. So oh. I'm not eating those. Look at my tagline. The carnivore it, diet. I'm pissing every three hours. Is that is that what's happening? I, so it's, no, is that like the Atkins diet where it's just meat? Atkins is for wankers. I don't know. I'm eating <laughs> hard cheese, cream, milk, anything, anything dairy as long as it's hard. And then meat and fish. I also that sounds have, so um, wrong. It's the only just... soup I can have is um, uh, Heinz chicken soup. Cream of chicken soup. There's only but, yeah, but you're adding carbs. more cream to it, aren't you? Yeah, you need fat in your diet. You need loads of fat. It's working. No, Danny, you fucking don't. <laughs> the amount of salt that's in that the amount of salt that's in that as well. 
I had, I had <coughs> Himalayan's finest. Now, I put a couple of tablespoons in it because there were two whole chicken breasts in it. A couple of tablespoons of Carl, what? Believe me, you try it for a week and you'll go, uh, my pants don't fit. You're Danny, active. you're going to kill yourself, mate. What the oh. fuck? Danny, if you my die, there'll be so no podcast because Chris ain't going to fucking come on, is he? <laughs> you don't need... I, 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 I agree with putting extra chicken in. Don't put extra cream in it, dude. Please. I ate it and it was lovely. Now you I'm sure you did. I'm sure it was, Danny. I'd put those M&Ms in it if I could. Chicken oh. and M&Ms. You ain't lived. So, right. Danny, it, get our listener questions quickly. Sorry. Oh, dear, dear. I've only oh, got two. Dear, no. And we have got one, well, both from Jimmy, as usual. Uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy says, an early question, looking at the budget, how can you warrant spending £30 million on Raya, I think it's 275 when he has made so many mistakes in, in the 15 starts he has had, then Rambo has made... Overall, in his time in goal, Jock, what do you think? Because we're going. Oh, go on, oh sorry. Carl. Jock. No, no, no. no, 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 no I was going to say because we know we're going to get minimum fifty million for Rhea. So, I think that's. I think they saw as soon as we, um, as soon as Ramsdale signed that new contract, we already knew we was going to get David Rhea. So that's just putting more. Um, more value onto Ramsdale. We know some team is gonna pay fifty million for Ramsdale. Won't be Chelsea because Sanchez at Chelsea is pony, absolute pony. So I can see him going to Chelsea. Um, they're not gonna Newcastle won't sign. You're looking at teams with money. Newcastle yeah. won't sign him. Um, Chelsea won't. Liverpool won't. Tottenham won't because he won't go to Tottenham and we won't sell to Tottenham. So, realistically, unless he goes abroad, he's definitely staying. He's not he going to never learn another language. I mean, like, John no. still struck with English. <laughs> he's very northern. What? <laughs> eh? What? Yeah, so if you look at it, he's, he's only going to go to either Chelsea, um, maybe West Ham because no, Chelsea can almost have a start in 11 of goalkeepers that'd be interesting mm. well, true, but yeah 50 million so I can't see him going anywhere but Chelsea but I don't 50 want him million. to go you don't want him to go but he's not going to stay you're right you don't want no one wants him to go but don't he's make me get his stay. dad on here fucking oh, hell that, that would be like that would be brilliant I love that man. yeah <laughs> sorry John what are you going to uh, no, say I, about him I would just touch upon my, my when we were talking about it before I don't think there's a, 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 a clear solution at the moment whether you drop Raya keep him in everyone's a loser Ramsdale's a loser Raya's a loser it doesn't it, it, there's going to be repercussions for whatever mm-hmm. solution the only the, the only way you can look at it is long term Raya's going to be in for this season it's hopefully going to bring him training with Ray and seeing how good he is with his feet will bring Ramsdale up to that required level and Ramsdale <clears> will come in and then we'll I hopefully make a profit on, on Ray. I don't know. Or we'll keep Ray and we'll sell Ramsdale. This, this situation cannot continue for another season. There has to be a bona fide number one and a bona fide number two. You can't have two number ones clashing like this. It's fucking mental. It's, really? it's, it's, it's destroying confidence and goalkeepers are built on confidence and neither of them. They're, both of them are rattled as fuck. Massively, so I think so. Really I think they're both scared of making a mistake and the other one coming in. Yeah, yeah big time. And Ramsdale was voted Premier League plan goalie for last season by his fellow professionals. Raya wasn't crazy. 
There you go. Ramsdale could be England number one. He should be number one in the summer when Everton are in the championship and no one oh, wants yeah. Flappy yeah, but no one Pickford. rates fucking mental Pickford. God, nope. fuck. What the fuck is Come on, Aaron. Out there? We've got your back, son. We got your back. But we're with you. We support you. Our right, next question is um, from Jimmy again. It's, uh, he says... When it comes to decisions against us with VAR decisions, at what point do we agree that VAR is trying to pick points for certain teams and not others, as clearly there is some kind type of agenda with VAR? And that goes for us, that goes for Wolves. I think West Ham have had a couple. Um, yeah. Sheffield United have had a, had a few. All the shit teams are getting it, and us. It mystifies me. This is the point I keep coming back to with VAR. It's got in excess on us. It, Wipe the oranges, it, mother. It, it mystifies me, right? This system has this system, this software, this this myriad of technology has been brought in to look at a specific incident in a game from a every single angle possible. And you can put it in slow motion and you can stop playing, you can stop it, and you can you can fast forward, you can you can zoom in, you can have you've got the power to look at it in any which way, and you've got referees looking at it so there is no conceivable way that there should be any mistakes at all never mind the caliber of mistakes that have been made in var like if the ball was out or how can they overlook that push on gabriel and you know the mistakes that have happened with wolves when they should have had a penalty look i mean the list goes on we're not talking but every now and then a mistake creeps in but with the technology available and the resources available, no mistakes should happen. Never mind the mistakes that you can see while you're in the stands. Never mind that you've got 80 cameras looking at it from every single fucking angle. It's insane. And there is zero consistency as well. We don't know the handball rule. Right? Look at that. Uh, there was a penalty given. It sprang up off his chest and then onto his arm. I think it was Tino Livermental for Newcastle. I mean, it's pure karma, let's be honest. But it mm. should never have been a fucking penalty against PSG. Uh, it's just, there's no consistency. Rules aren't clear. Um, you know, drawing those lines and someone's fucking toenail or testicles offside. And it, well, we, the, don't have know, a, we don't have a view for that angle. That camera for that angle, yeah, to see if it's out or not. I mean, you had you had people recreating it in in the Sky Sports Studio. If you look at it from this angle, the ball's out. They shouldn't be coming down to this. You've got professional referees and eighty cameras or thirty cameras looking at it, and you've got time to look at it. Get on with it. Stop making errors. And if you can't do it, take it out of the game. You had anything to that, Carl? No, I, I genuinely agree. I just, yeah. do you know what it is with VAR? I've, I've, I've genuinely given up with decisions <laughs> going our way. Like I just, I just think it's stupid. Man. Yeah, I mean, you think of the penalty yesterday, like where Gabriel um, was literally being held, and yeah. do, if you think back to last season, do you remember when Trossard scored against oh, Brighton? I want no, who was it? And remember Ben White was holding the um. Apparently holding the goalkeeper's arm. I can't remember who it was, um, what team it was against. And I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Where yeah, there's no consistency, is there? Yeah, the, the, the bar. I mean, you think of um, when the, even the Wolves game when um, Jesus went for a header, was being pulled back, nothing. But then you look at, again, the Man City versus Man United <laughs> game when... Um, Harlan got touched and all of a sudden it was a penalty. You never get a penalty for that. Just 
it's like they're not even trying to it's like they're not trying to hide it how biased and how uh, <laughs> fake they are now yeah they're just doing it on purpose and the fact that it's a it's not even a it's a dictatorship because you say one word against the PGMOL or against VAR and you just get fined and I can't wait for the day that one of these professional footballers like quit or they retire and they let loose about the FA and the PGMOL and there's nothing they can do about it because there's no way I I can't wait for the flipping FBI to come and investigate uh, the PGMOL <laughs> like they did with FIFA like genuinely <laughs> I can't fucking wait for that day because they will be one of the best days ever and there's no way like I I, okay. I tweet this repeatedly on the front of the pod account it's either corruption or it's incompetence and there is no in between there's no in between it's, it's, it's one of those because mm-hmm. you can't get decisions that wrong so often and against one club as well especially again, and yeah. then not improve yeah. and it's kind of like well what are you going to do about it we, we're not going to give you this and we're not going to give you that there's nothing you can do about it like, it, it's just you it's so yeah. it's so subjective you're right VAR like you said Jock you can rewind and pause it and do it from 65 camera angles and just that I was talking about it. I was looking like there was a lot of retrospect on that on the Newcastle game and that mistake that they you know that they let the goal in, and they they said it was inconclusive. They didn't think that it was a foul on on Gabriel, and even Graham Souness, the most battle hardened and miserable of pundits, came out and said the ball is not. It, it, you don't even have to leap. It's at head height. Right, and it's six inches away from your head. You're a central defender, and you realise if you don't make contact with it, the player behind you is going to have an open goal. Now, what? Why wouldn't Gabriel, who's a brilliant defender, head it away? The reason why is because he can't. It's because he's got a man on him, pressing him down, which is why he got no head on it. As you can see him trying to leap. He's arching his neck. He can't get to it because the guy's pushing him down. But how can those cameras and those referees look at that and say, that's not a foul. That is 100% undeniable, irrefutable incompetence. It's just, it makes me want to chew my own fucking face off because fans can see it and we are not qualified and these guys are paid to do it and they've been doing it for years and they say that's not a foul. Fuck if the ball was out or not. Right, you haven't got a camera on the line. All right, we'll we'll, we'll let you go with that one. Well, uh, Anthony Gordon wasn't offside. You can't check it. Okay, fair enough. You've seen that from this angle, this angle, this angle. That foul. It's a foul, man. Just, I'm so angry just thinking about it. Honestly, it's insane. Sorry. Go on. Oh, are you watching no. the? You're watching the Man City game, ain't you? Have you I just switched that... over to the Man United Chelsea game. But yeah. Go on. Do you notice the ref- one of the linesmen? He's only black, isn't he? It's Christmas come early for you. You've been complaining there's no referees. He finally got well, one. He's been doing it since... No, his first game was November last year. Fucking hell. What next? Yeah, it was... Um, it's the guy that came up from the Championship, didn't I? I can't remember his yeah. name. He came up from the Championship. His name is um, Akil Housen. Yeah. Yeah, he came up from the Championship. Uh, you know... Every little step it helps. No, we're, it we're getting there. It just I'll tell you what, yeah, the biggest shock, not that there's a black referee, that's, that's by the by. When there's, referee, there's no when there's a referee, when there's a referee not from the north of England, that is when I will absolutely 
just <laughs> lose myself, Danny. There is, there is a monopoly, isn't there? Yeah, yes, cool. when there's a referee like from London, that like, Danny, fuck, I will, Danny, I will lose my shit. Because it's not like there's not nine million people in London and at least one of those nine million people in London could be good enough to referee in a Premier League, but no, they can't be. Sorry, Maybe it's because if you're if you're a referee in London, in London, you have to brave the Hackney Marshes at some point or another, and most people don't don't come out of there alive if you're a referee. Maybe also, no Londoner wants to go north he's, of the Watford Gap. Don't blame them either. He's the first black or Asian um, referee since Uriah Rennie fifteen years ago. Uriah Rennie, the Kung Fu. That's ref. ridiculous. You, think about it. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Fifteen years and every single referee has been bald white or from the north of England. Like, but remember, then none of those, none of them support Manchester United or Man City, even though they're all from Manchester and Liverpool. Like, they don't support. They all support non-league teams. It's just very and they weird. All every look like the same referee from FIFA two thousand and one. <laughs> fat and bald oh gosh he doesn't right. know where he's from though but most of the games that he's done have been Villa and Nottingham so I'd imagine he's from the so Midlands yeah more than likely but he probably doesn't support we're getting closer uh, to London one day that's my dream yeah I've told you any referee that's not from north of the Watford Gap I will be absolutely shocked because that doesn't like Jimmy um, says a black ref from Southampton car will combust fucking hell I, I, yeah listen I think I lose my absolute mind. Like, I just... <laughs> I, yeah. I, I tell you what, a black referee and then Ellis and um, on the pod Jeez, with no. Josh. Jeez, never, that's a pipe dream, isn't it? That's, a, that's, that's like winning the lottery. Like, Even Paddy Power wouldn't give you odds on that. Say, Get out. <laughs> fuck you on about. Gosh, right. We've been going for two hours. So I'm going to wrap I've this up. I've got some uh, things wow. to share. What have you got to share? Are we up? There's only a few of them. Um, some Arsenal fan, because we've done so well with Declan Rice, have actually set up an official GoFundMe <laughs> to raise £25 million to give to West Ham because we underpaid West Ham for Declan Rice. Arsenal Agreed. fans, they've won the internet again. Um, Declan Rice has now had six Premier League Man of the Matches this season out of 15 games. Who else has done that? No one said a no bloody one. thing. Meanwhile, Dickhead is getting manager in a month every single month. You know, even when um, Pep won the quadruple, he didn't get three manager of the months in a row. But old fucking Kangaroo oh, Dundee mate. or whatever his Big name flange. is. Big Flange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah mate. There's, a, there's elephant memes with rice written on them. And I don't know why. And what's this about? That's so, the, that's carried from the meme that you know uh, if you see an elephant on top of the tree it will eventually fall down and that's um, that's like Arsenal sitting at the top of the league you know they'll eventually yeah, fall they're, wait, they're waiting for us they're waiting for us to fall off uh, the top and the final off one the um, I'm sure because Carl is the ABW official uh, style merchant Ian Wright someone <laughs> photoshopped him and made what is yeah. that coat and how many of them have you got. <laughs> I, I understand that he's sponsored by Adidas, but that I know it was cold, but that's ridiculous. Like that is yeah. Like, how many have you got? And I bet you got one in yellow, haven't you? Neon yellow. No, although I did buy a very very nice Ralph Lauren jacket from America. I gotta say, yeah. it, even though I was quite impressed, it was very nice. Yeah. So yeah, can't complain. Um, but yes, that jacket is. I bet it was warm. <laughs> oh, Very. Did you see his celebrations when he scored last night. Oh, I love. Yes. I cannot love, love him more. He's us. Is he is us. He's us. Isn't he? yeah, he's, a, he's a fan. That's it, Cal. 
He's brilliant. Right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it be YouTube, whether it be Spotify, everything, please give us a like or a thumbs up. It does really help us and we really appreciate it. And Danny says, if we get more than 50 likes on any platform, he may give me a penny for Christmas. Now, Danny, with his funds, yeah, exactly. And, you know, cost of living crisis, every penny helps. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm shopping at Audi yesterday. I usually shop at Ocado. <laughs> I don't buy a steak, so I don't think that counts. Obviously, it's the cost of living. But, yes, uh, give us a like, people. So whatever platform you listen to this on, um, please do. Um, Jock, thank you for coming on. It is uh, you saved the day because without <laughs> you coming on, Danny is still moaning. Still saying fuck the lot of you because yeah. no one cares about you're my favorite Carl, that's why it doesn't apply to you. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure, fellas. No worries. Danny, I'm not thanking you because you have to be here and you bullied me to be in here. And I know I don't always apply straight away, but I will try to get better. And also, if you remember. Chris said he was going to host every single podcast every at the start of the season. One. He, he and, said he will know, be here. He did a tweet yesterday or yesterday saying, I've run 1,200 miles this year. And I was going to put, that's like 500 miles for every podcast you've turned up for. <laughs> <laughs> he does, does get a little bit defensive. Jock, are you going to mention your blog? Uh, yeah, if you want to go on there. It's, go on I mean, I haven't put anything out there for a month or so, but it's uh, up the, just looking for up the arsenal. Um, and it'll come up on Google, and I've been writing on there for, since what, 2014. So it's one of the old ones, uh, and of course one of the best ones. So the best, Obviously. yeah. You yes. even blogged for us a few times back when we were organising can do shit. Oh wow, cool. yeah. fucking, that's a heart. That's a blast from the back. Canadian oh, Jeff, I am so old. G- bless Canadian. The other Jeff. Oh, other love Jeff. that man. Yes, we love him so much that I've got one of these. Uh, I've got the flag ready if he ever turns up, which he often <laughs> does. And then I have this picture of the beautiful bastard. Look at that. Look at that beard. I don't know about you, but I want Canadian bacon with maple dribbled all over it. Oh, and some Horton's coffee. some maple syrup from uh, America. Oh, Tim Horton's, Tim Horton's Tim. coffee is the one. Yeah, he fucking oh. hates it. He gets McDonald's really? coffee. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. He should not. Yes. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you for being here. You lot had to be here. Everyone, listeners, thank you for listening. You make our day. You're the reason why we come here. And let's just hope that Aston Villa run Man City ragged and it's a nil-nil draw with five injuries a piece. Um, <laughs> and Evie yeah. Martinez gets sent off in the 90th minute for punching... Um, Erling Haaland in the face and Erling Haaland is out for the rest of the season as well oh we can only dream yes definitely but everyone thanks a lot take care and always remember hashtag fuck Ennis as soon as I scored that goal I was fucking livid get down dog splendid business he nearly caught the bloody thing what are you talking about (laughs) So I was just eating a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on them and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.